Our Facebook page, cleverly enough, is facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show. And if you go there right now, you will see some of the pictures that Johnny took as we were driving in tonight. Also, remember our blog, stevenjohnny.wordpress.com. And we would love it if you would uh, subscribe to our blog. Uh, we don't spam you, and you just get an email. It doesn't cost anything uh, to subscribe to the blog. You just get an email anytime we do a new blog post, and you will be able to see several things that we put up this past week. In fact, one of the things that we're going to try and do on a regular weekly basis is our show bumps, because we've had yes. a lot of people asking us about some of the songs that we use during the show. That was fun, because I didn't realize how many we had. I know. A couple dozen uh, show bumps, and people were responding, oh my gosh, I- I'd never heard that song, or if I did, it's been forever, and thank you for the link to the song. So if you hear it uh, during the show, then you'll be able to find it uh, probably Sunday, Monday. We'll have it up on the blog. We should introduce you to our uh, our cast of characters. Yes, there are more characters involved in this show than just uh, the both of us. Should we start with the uh, keepers of the big plug? Yes, we have both of them in here with us tonight. Um, uh, the, the guy that stays with us all night long is Bob Fakuda. How are you, Bob? I'm fine, thank yeah. you. You made it. Did you take your secret route, your NASCAR no. route? You didn't have to? Didn't have to. Really? Whoever Lala? is uh, at Lala... No one really seemed to care. Really? <laughs> yeah, there was just no traffic. No traffic. Strong review to follow. Or maybe they got there at 7 o'clock this morning. Yeah, maybe morning. that was it. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of garbage bags, because you need it. At least it's not a pouring, drenching rain like yeah. it might be tomorrow, but it's still, you know, you're standing around in dirt. It's not my idea of a good time. <laughs> also, with this is Brett. We, we wooed Brett into the studio tonight, because he's usually down the hall. Now, you get out of here in about an hour, right? Uh, 45 minutes. But who's not counting? counting? But who's right? counting? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make that forty-four minutes now. <laughs> now, what time do you start? Uh, on Saturdays, I, I do a shorter shift, so I'm here at four, and then oh, my okay. longer shifts are during the week. So I do kind of a combination of six-hour shifts and ten-hour shifts. Oh, so it, it averages out, but yeah, you know. And your long shift is is typically what during the week? Yes, uh, with. Just the way things are, I'm normally a noon to ten. That's right, because that's yeah. where we we see you when mm-hmm. you're we're not here on a Saturday night. Yeah. I tend to be around a lot, so it's just kind of <laughs> I'm here. Brett has nowhere to go, so he just hangs out it's between he a, here and home. Has a cot in the back. Also, Julian is uh, on the other side of the glass. Hello, Julian. Hello, hello. How are you today? Delightful. Well, Ooh, that cookie really just set the tone for the day. <laughs> Johnny brought some of her gluten-free chocolate chip cookies, and you can find the recipe for that by going to our blog. And you can find a color picture of them. And as you said, when I look at the picture, they're so large on on the screen. This is one of those times when you want scratch and sniff. (laughs) Yes. So I wanted to share them because I was interviewed by Steve Alexander for The Business of Food, which ran on the John Williams show on Thursday. Friday mm-hmm. was chocolate chip cookie day. So Steve interviewed me for The Business of Food because we talked about all of the different chocolate chip or just cookie that are available mm-hmm. gluten-free. And then we compared them because we've tried them all. We compared yeah, we them really to have. mine. <laughs> And he said, well, we need to put your recipe up. And I said, okay, uh, I'm warning you folks, if they don't come out exactly the way mine come out, don't come after me. 
But they'll still be good, I promise you. But again, if you want to see the recipe, go to steveandjohnny.wordpress.com. That's our blog. In fact, it will also give you a link to the interview I did with Steve Alexander. So it takes you over to the WGN radio page, and you can link to it from there. In the newsroom is Ron Brown, who also got a cookie. Cookie. I got. I had two. They were so good. Good. Can and, I just tell you guys a quick story? Because I make them pretty big. And I say, they're, they're big, so take two. As opposed to, they're small, take two. They're big, take two. Sometimes I make them really large. And we were having a little... Um, <laughs> a little campfire out between our buildings, and we invited the, the kids next door. And the seven-year-old... Who's, Who is seven year, years old going on 50. He says that, too. He said, there's an old man in me. Yeah. This is this is a seven-year-old talking. Good so, self-awareness for a seven-year-old. Really? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I passed the cookies around. He picked up a cookie. Now, at this point, they were larger than the ones I made tonight. He walked over to Steve. He held the cookie up in front of his face, and he said, sir... This cookie is as big as my face. You, sir, are Our a lucky, lucky man. man. <laughs> That's a seven-year-old talking to a man. You are. A, when he got ready to say good night, he walked over to you again, and he yeah. said, "Again, you're a lucky man. Good night, yeah. everyone." Somewhere we have to dig up uh, the picture because we have a picture of him. He's holding up the cookie. The cookie is bigger than his head. It literally covered his face. <laughs> so, and, and you know, he was a happy boy. So you are, sir, a, a lucky, lucky man. man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now, be, before we break, I, I yes. want to ask all of you and be honest. If you didn't know, would any of you have been able to tell that there were gluten-free cookies? No. No. Brett says no. Ron says no. Julian? No, he's shaking his head no. Which we that, that rattling that rattling sound, yes. <laughs> Bob got cucumber instead of cookies tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he's dieting or anything. I'm watching uh, for his health. So I said, here, take this cucumber. <laughs> My neighbor's crop came in. Hey, before we take a break, we need to find out how the Sox are doing. Ron Brown, it's the longest game yeah, ever. Are they still in a rain delay? No, there was never a rain delay. There was oh, a fight delay. A fight delay. Oh, That's right. Fight delay. Yeah, yeah. For, yes. for the White Sox. Oh, that was an ugly fight. I saw it online. Eighteen minutes. Yeah, the uh, the game is over. It's a happy ending. The five game losing streak is done, and the Sox win seven to four. Wow. Yeah. It has been so hard to be a Sox fan this year. And, Steve, oh apparently a lot of them were at the game today and letting their feelings be known because there was a lot of F the Sox chants, wow. which is never good. No. That, that reminds me. And you're wondering, where the heck am <laughs> really? I going with this? <laughs> uh, two weeks from tonight. Yeah. We'll oh, yeah. be starting late. We'll be starting uh, 10.30, 10 o'clock, something oh. like that, because there is a conflict with the Bears and the Sox. So we WGN will be carrying the Sox, which I love. Uh, and I think Len and DJ are terrific broadcasters, and I'm I'm yeah. psyched for them to be on this radio win. station. Yeah. Did you guys know that? I'm asking. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I sat through many White Sox games and for the three years that we had them. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And then it's been, I think this is their second year away. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and ESPN helps us out a lot with yeah. uh, when we have conflicts with Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Oh, and right. the Blackhawks, so we have a good working relationship when mm-hmm. it comes to kind of handing off things that right. we need to to get on the air. Too bad when we were carrying the socks and we could have gone to games. I hadn't drank the Kool Aid yet, so it took the it pandemic for me during to the get pandemic. To- 
we watched 162 games. I'm not exaggerating, and that I finally I converted we were, my child bride into being a Sox fan. I think we were 50 into it. And I said, okay, all right, I'm there for it. And it, <laughs> it was a fun year, too, because yeah. uh, we learned to love the announcers. Because yeah, on TV, Jason and Stone yeah. are just, uh, they're two of the best TV broadcasters in, in sports. And it was like nothing you'd ever seen before, broadcasting to empty stands. Yeah. That was so weird. Yeah. Well, anyway, good. The Sox won. And what a fabulous day for the Cubs. Wow. It yeah. was great. They were, they were playing the team with, I think, the best record in baseball. Certainly yeah. the best record in the National League. Yes. Uh, so there's no shame in uh, in not winning, but they came out guns a-blazing, five runs in the first inning, and they walked Ooh. away with a win today, too. So I had to put on my Cubs shirt and fly the colors. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's a good time to be a Cub fan right now. We're excited. Yeah. And I know I'm probably the odd man out, but yes, I am a, a Sox fan, but if the Cubs win, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I like it when both teams win. The only thing I want is when there's the city series. I want the Sox to win. Okay, sure, that's understandable. Yeah. That's okay. That's allowable. Well, I'm also loving Dancy. Dansby Swanson, yeah, Dansby, Dansby Swanson. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, his former else. team is the Braves, so he faced the Braves for the first time, and he hits a home run in his first time at bat. So, and and don't you think there's a certain uh, additional adrenaline spurt that you get when you are facing your former team? You would think that there'd be additional focus. I think more than anything, mm-hmm. because you want to do your absolute best and show them that you know you're 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 the player, and you, they let yeah. they let him get away. For $170 million. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A mere $170 million. I love the Sun-Times headline today, that ginormous headline on their sports wraparound. Um, the Great Dansby. The Great Dansby, uh, yeah. A literature <laughs> Instead of the Great spin. Gatsby. Yeah, yeah. Yes. very good. <laughs> More coming up, so stay with us at WGN. Haven't heard this in a while. It takes me back. That's a great track. I had a roommate that played it over and over. And, and if over. you're wondering, this is Santana and Black Magic Woman. And yes, we'll list that on our bumps. <laughs> That's we a great intro. We'll post a list of uh, all the bumps. And when you're doing uh, FM radio, you can get the weather in, you can get your call letters, you can say hi to your mom, mm-hmm. <laughs> give a shout out to your best friends. It goes on. <laughs> We should mention a little bit of what the game plan is for tonight. Uh, in a little bit uh, after 10 o'clock, we're going to introduce you to a new friend. His name is Will Byington. He has a really interesting resume. He has done, what, like 154 rock cruises, cruises. and photographed people like um, uh, Kid Rock Kiss. and Kiss and... Just yeah, it's as we say, it's a dirty, thankless job, but somebody has to do it. I'm going to go on a cruise. I'm going to hang out with my camera. I'm going to take pictures of the stars. Oh, and there's another one coming up next week. In fact, we were lucky to get him in here tonight because he's got one coming up next week. And the reason we've got him in tonight, everybody has cell phones. Well, Will has come up with this new thing. He's calling it phonology, where he tells... No. Photography, or, or is it, or is it phonography? <laughs> it sounds like pornography. We'll, we'll find it, out when he gets it's, here. It's a combination of phone and photography. But he teaches you how to take great pictures with your cell phone. 
Because everybody's trying to do it, and everybody's like, oh, darn, I didn't get yes, this. So, well, that's how I, I told you about him. I said, I'm going to sign up for this class because I love taking pictures with my cell phone. But I was so frustrated, for example, last week with the full moon. Mm-hmm. I, I just I couldn't master it. I, on my phone, as I was taking the picture, they look great. And then as soon as I hit it, I was like, it was a yeah. big blob, like a big headlight in the sky. And that may be one of the hardest things to do with a cell phone is get a good full well, moon picture. You got to know how to set it, and apparently he knows how to set it. So we're going to we're not going to let the boy out of here until he tells me how I can take a picture of the moon. Also, a little later tonight, uh, next week, the Fest for Beatles fans. Yeah, that's what used to be called Beetle Fest, but you can't call it that anymore. It's the Fest for Beatles fans is going on, and we're going to get a preview from our resident Beatleologist, author Wally Pedrajek who's written about, I think, about seven books on the Beatles. Yeah. And he's uh, going to be at the Fest for Beatles fans. Then also a little later tonight, uh, some computer stuff with Patrick Crispin. It's Dr. Crispin's night. We've already had listeners ask if young Joseph will be joining us for an appearance. You know, depending if he's busy or not, his calendar gets filled by the evening. And one of the things we're going to talk with Patrick about tonight is that horrible story about the hacking of the hospital yeah they, and, and literally there are some hospitals that are no longer using computers they're, they're using paper and pencil yeah and they're canceling their surgeries because they are being held hostage by hackers and it's a nationwide hospital chain too is very disturbing governments have been held hostage yeah. schools um Welcome to our new digital life. Yeah, really. But there's a lot to talk about with Patrick in the midnight hour, but we're going to take a quick break here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Little pinball wizard. Tommy is a huge success in Chicago. And I was just thinking of when that first came out, which I believe was 1969. uh, Correct. And I was at that point working at a radio station in Indianapolis. It was the first FM rock station in Indianapolis. And one of the promotions... Did you ride to work on a dinosaur? <laughs> when you say that. <laughs> well, one of the, the promotions we did, we played the whole album. Oh, nice. It was what we called a free mind weekend. Oh, Far out, man. It's a yeah. free mind weekend. Well, it was 1969. And, there was a lot we, of that. we were doing the whole Who... Tommy Opera album. Wow. Turn on your black light. Hit your lava lamp. Get that going. Yep. Get your brownies out. And and just sit back and relax. I saw the movie downtown and didn't know when I stood in line to see it. You didn't know when you saw it? (laughs) I was eating brownies, you know. (laughs) That's my excuse. Um, I did not know that as we were standing in line waiting to get in for the premiere night, when the limo pulled up, that this beautiful human being stepped out, and it was Anne Margaret wearing this fabulous white outfit. Mm -hmm. I think she had on white knee boots and a white fur coat, followed by Tina Turner. I mean, it was just one of those whoa moments. And we did not know going to the theater that they were going to show up. See, that's the beauty of social media. The whole world would have yeah. known that and would have been there. Did, did they come out on stage at some point? Or? I don't know that they did. I think they were in the the lobby as you came in, and they kind of welcomed us. That's my recollection. Hmm. 
because I don't remember Any them pictures? talking. No, no. We didn't have our cell phone with us. How could we take a picture? We were going to the movie, <laughs> and we weren't prepared. But they were two beautiful human beings mm-hmm. when they stepped out of the car. And I love the movie, too. I, I think it still holds up today as a rock opera. And apparently, very successful on stage, Jose Sanders uh, over at um, Channel, 7 Channel 7 did a great mm-hmm. piece on how the music is done with a conductor completely removed from the uh, yeah, he, He's the under pit. underneath. And he's looking at screens as he's conducting. Yeah. And it's all music. That's got to be hard. And you're doing it over and over and over again. It was a great piece behind the scenes yeah. of how that's done. Jose's a good guy. He is. He does some great features, too. Quick question. Bob, you're still in here. Are you superstitious? Nah. Really? Nothing? Nah. No? Like when you leave the house and you go back and you forget something, you don't turn around three times? No. Would you ever put your hat on your bed? No. <laughs> Apparently, not a superstition for you. No. <laughs> you weren't raised with any superstitions? No, not really. Really? Oh, gosh, you guys haven't lived. Julian, superstitious? Yes. Oh, good. To an extent. All right. And obviously, we have to blame our folks for this, because typically, it's your grandparents that... that... It's my dad in this case. Okay. He refuses to celebrate birthdays early. Really? Hmm. Kind of a jinx if you do? Somewhat. He he told me he had a friend who had celebrated the day before, and he died oh, the day of. Okay. Ooh. That's a good reason. Yeah. And I think that one stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so then you can just celebrate for the, the, the rest of that month, whenever the birthday. Yeah. When you get there, you can have the rest of the month, because you made it that far. But a, as a rule, your family's not superstitious. No, not really. Yeah. I know, Steve, you're not. No. Yeah. Mm -mm. You guys. Now that you mentioned grandparents, my grandfather was superstitious to his point. Yeah. There are five children in my family, and I'm the only right-handed child. Oh. And I was told when I was in a high chair, my grandfather sat with me with a wooden spoon, and every time I tried to pick up something with my left hand, he'd hit me. Uh huh. So I'm the only right-handed child. Because left-handed is it, yes, is, is not he, lucky. Yeah, yeah. Because that left side is the devil mm-hmm. side. The so he saved one of five, one of five. <laughs> that was me. Do you know that's why you throw salt over your left shoulder because the I'm left the, side is 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 bad. You're throwing it in the devil's eye. The right? devil is standing behind you on that side, so you throw that salt over your. And I cannot drop a salt shaker and not throw the salt over my shoulder i mean i just i'm like "Ah," i start shaking because i think i'm and i know a lot of people say well if you're superstitious that's all ignorance no i think it's colorful because my grandparents were very superstitious i mean you did not put a hat on the bed whoo that was some serious where did that one come from i've heard that but I, i don't understand the origin of that probably somebody put a hat on the bed and then they died you know, it probably something severe uh, okay. like that happened. Uh, whenever you leave the house, if you forget and you go back in the house, you do have to turn around three times before you walk out the door again. The magic number of three. I'm not superstitious, but I find superstitions fascinating. I and, do. and the or the stories behind them I find fascinating. Well, I bring it up because we are in the final days of dog days of summer. A lot of people think August are the dog days of summer actually it's these next few days Mm -hmm. are the tail end it's 40 days that start in early july 
And um, the dog days of summer, some of the superstitions surrounding that are that dogs will go mad. You don't want to get bit by a dog during the dog days of summer. There will be horrible storms. Now listen to this. There will be horrible storms and flooding. Hmm. Think back over the last month. What have we had? Yeah. Horrible storms and flooding. Uh, and there are real superstitions that surround the dog days, but it has really nothing to do with dogs. It was all astronomical. Mm-hmm. The dog star is evident during this time of the year. And so that's where the dog days term came from, from the dog, dog star. star. Yes, I think the dog star is serious and is evident. Or is it XM? <laughs> Spelled the same way, too. <laughs> Sometimes called Icarus. And it's during this period that, yes, it's hottest. So I, I know in my family, this sounds a little extreme, but... You Something didn't... extreme from your family? <laughs> I am shocked and appalled. You didn't want to get a scratch during the dog days because it would become a massive infection and you would probably lose your leg. You know, something simple like that. <laughs> You didn't want to run around barefoot because you stepped on a nail during the dog days. You would certainly get gangrene and your toes would fall. (laughs) Well, to me, running around barefoot had nothing to do with superstition. It had a lot to do with common sense. Oh, you know what? You've been telling me that for 40 years. Yeah. And have I put my shoes on? No. No. Not in 40 years. (laughs) And when I get locked out of the house in winter and I don't have shoes on, I never tell you. I always find a way to get back in the house. I don't want to hear. You have no shoes on. And it's happened a number of times. Yeah, I know. Which is better than our neighbor who ran out to get his paper in his underwear, his tidy whities and he got locked out You've of the snowstorm. You've got people wondering what kind of a neighborhood we live in. <laughs> you remember when he ran? I do. Yeah. <laughs> he came knocking on our door and said, can I have my key? We opened the door. The Whoa. hell? What? <laughs> We're your pajama top and your tidy whiteies and there's snow on the ground <laughs> rest your soul a little a little better than when your dad had a nightmare and knocked on the door of a neighbor <laughs> he was young he was nude <laughs> and as he puts it, whenever it got warm in the house, he would have nightmares, and he was a sleepwalker. And for anybody that's a sleepwalker, that's not that, funny. That, that's, that's a serious thing. That's very scary. And apparently he got up in a sound sleep, naked as a jaybird, as he would say, and walked down the street and knocked on the neighbor's door. And when they didn't answer, he kept knocking till someone answered, and he proceeded to tell the woman who answered the door that her son had just been run over by a train. And thank goodness she didn't have a son, but that would be very, very unsettling. Somebody naked comes knocking on your door to tell you your kid has been killed. Uh, Yeah. But um, again, if you're a sleepwalker, nobody's making fun of you because that is some serious stuff that's scary. (laughs) But during the dog days of summer, it's really scary. We have to take a break and then we have to do a... Yes, we got a folks, head count. They're listening in Colorado and Florida and Nebraska, Michigan, Wisconsin. Still, Wisconsin still winning. Well, we'll, let, okay. uh, we'll take a break All and right. then we'll uh, do a little, little bit of shout outs. More coming up, so stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Shout, shout, knock yourself out. 
<laughs> so we're going to do some shout outs. Yes, we are going to do some shout outs. All right, buckle up, everybody. I want to say hey to Scott in South Dakota. I believe that's the first time Scott is tuned in, or at least it's the first time he's told us that. Is he listening on the interweb? Or, uh, uh, yes, he is on okay. the app. And Deanna is driving home from the 4th of July fireworks display in Batavia because it was canceled. Oh, that's right. It was canceled because yeah. of a, what was it, bad weather or what the heck happened? Well, they were lucky there. they got them in tonight. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for tuning in, Deanna. Also, uh, let me start at the top here. I have a page. Are you ready for this? Uh, Chuck Snitchler, we always have to say hey mm-hmm. to Chuck. He's WGN Radio's number one fan, and he's our best friend. And uh, Brian Lefevre is also a top fan, and our buddy Bobby Danos in Sandwich is listening, and Jane Stevenson in Janesville, and John Couture in Warren, Michigan. And David says, says Wachowski, I asked him to give me a phonetic spelling next week. He's in Linton, Indiana. Sandy McComas is in Michigan City, Indiana. Lloyd McCreef in Ottawa, Illinois. Sharon Malone in Kenosha on her boombox. she got a good old boombox. Cool. JP, John Paul is tuned in. Nancy Hollis and Sanford Skolansky. Love that name. Sanford. Uh, Joan uh, Kupchek, I believe. Greendale, Wisconsin. Linda Landquist, Rockford. Norb Rosansky. Hey, Norb. He's in Aurora. Helen Thomas. She's in Kenosha. David Kaufman is headed to Blooming, uh, Bloomingdale. I believe it's Bloomingdale or Bloomington. He's had a gig tonight. Carrie Johnson's in Palm Coast, Florida. Gene Peterson's listening, and uh, Pat um, Palmer, Kenosha, Judy B., is going to Oaklawn from Cedarburg, Wisconsin, where she was spending some time. Bev Goodall, happy birthday, Bev. This is how she's topping off her day. George Bliss is with Rich Melman, listening to us in Rich's new restaurant, pronounced Mi Miru. And apparently Miru. it's right over here, right next door really? to us someplace. I wonder what they specialize in. Well, whatever it is, Mr. Melman, if you want to send some over for us to try, we'd be happy and, to try and it out. And Mr. Melman, uh, do you serve anything gluten-free? He has a great reputation at his restaurants. Before it was cool, Melman's restaurants yeah. were offering a lot of gluten-free choices and safe gluten-free choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bonnie Pearson is in Gray's Lake and Mildred Bartlett in Oregon, Illinois, and Dave Kenning. Um, I can't read my own writing. Day K, you know who you are. He's on the Washington Beltway, the Washington Square Beltway, listening to us as he travels tonight. Ron Anderson is in Louisville. Patty Ford is tuned in. Joe South is, I always think of Joe South, the singer. He's in Nashville, too. Diane Vasquez is in the Southern Burbs, and Don is in Kalamazoo. And if I missed you, I'm sorry. Get in. Well, I should give a shout out to 941 listening in Yellowstone State Park. That's nice. Yeah. And um, Sherry is tuned in from uh, somewhere in Illinois. She's an 815 area code. Stacy's in Algonquin. And uh, some folks were (laughs) sending us their superstitions. I like this one. 847 said, Mom did the salt on the bed, the hat on the, the salt over the shoulder, the hat on the bed. Don't break a mirror, don't open an umbrella. Yes, that's that's my life too, today even. <laughs> what, what is this from from a seven oh eight? Do you want to know what I did tonight? I clipped my toenails. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Okay, <laughs> but he's also happy because the Cubs won. <laughs> this is the the gentleman who would like us to um, silence Bob Surratt because he seems to think that when Bob Surratt talks about the Cubs, they lose. 
So he's very, very adamant about the fact that if we could just shut him up, that the Cubs would keep winning. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen because Bob's been a Cub fan forever. Yeah. Yep. yeah, it's in his blood. So, yeah, Bob was a, a Cub fan when he and I first worked together. Uh, yeah. This would have been back in the uh, early seventies mm-hmm. at uh, BBM FM. Did I mention that St. Petersburg, Florida is tuned in tonight? And, uh, boy, it's hard to Sp- keep up. Speaking of Florida. Yes. But we were talking about this off the air. We just found out that our part of Florida, mm-hmm. the panhandle of Florida, the heat index today was 122. Actual temperature, 97. The real feel temperature is 122. A friend sent me what came up on her phone, and I'm just shaking my head saying, no, no, that's just wrong. And we've got some other friends that had some air conditioning problems, had the air conditioner fixed, but yesterday the temperature inside their house was 89 degrees. Yeah. After it had been fixed. And it was very expensive to get it fixed, too. So that's, for those of you wondering, that's one of many reasons why we're not in Florida right now. (laughs) We were supposed to be in Florida right now, but we said, you know. Oh, we're so lucky. uh, Because we we decided if we go, and and this hot spell's been going on forever, because we thought that we would be down there about this time. And if we go, we're just going to be locked in the house. Yeah. It's just that simple because you can't do anything. And and there's some things we need to get down there for to, to check some things. And also when we're down there, uh, we're going to meet up with our friends from Jack and Jen. They have a terrific new album. Yeah. And while we're broadcasting down there, we're going to do an album release thing uh, for them. But it's going to be much, much cooler before I'm down there. Yeah. The water temperature, the Gulf water is still over 100 degrees. Mm -hmm. And I have yet to hear any scientists talk about what it's doing to marine life. Because it has to be making a difference. You think you'd have boiled shrimp. I mean, if this continues. And did you see the thing? uh, I believe i sent you a picture from one of the car groups that we follow on facebook Mm -hmm. it was a picture of the front seat of a particular car yes and the controls had just kind of fallen off fallen off and apparently the the, dealership said it's because the car got too hot car got too hot controls fell off it was some of some of the seat Adjustment controls. The, the plastic. Uh, con- uh, and how about the guy that, that posted he put the shield in his windshield the, and the shield it melted, melted to his windshield and he had to pull it off and then find a way to, you know, probably peanut butter or something to scrape that gooey stuff off the corners where it had stuck inside his windshield. That's scary stuff. I'm yeah. so happy to be here. It's going to be pleasant yeah. tonight. <laughs> oh, golly. I don't care if it rains as long as we don't have, you know, serious winds and yeah. things like that. Just being able to occasionally open the window. Yes. Is such a nice luxury. Yes, yes. I had a couple hours of gardening today, and it was just a fine drizzle, and it was so comfortable because it's not like you got wet. It was just spitting on me as mm-hmm. I was out there digging in the dirt, and the dirt was nice and moist, and it was humid, but it was really pleasant. And that was like 9 o'clock this yeah. morning. And uh, then, you know, we had a good, solid, hard rain in the afternoon and cooled things off, and mm-hmm. it's good. It's all good. 
So I wonder, let's see, is Lollapalooza, how late does Lollapalooza go tonight? Is probably, it? Uh, probably I believe it's now. ten o'clock. Yeah, yeah. yeah but now wrapping up. Yeah. Apparently, okay. like traffic just goes nuts around now. Yeah, hmm. about ten fifteen. Yeah, yeah, I actually saw. I saw Tommy last night at the Goodman. Oh, you did? Oh my gosh! And I was leaving around ten thirty. It was impossible to get out of the city. Did you like Tommy? Oh, I loved it. It was electrifying. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear. Had that. you ever seen it before? No. Not the movie. None of it. You should look up the movie. I think it'd be interesting now yeah. to compare it to the the uh, play. Yeah, it's on my list. That's well, quite the, an undertaking. If you'd never too. seen the movie, um, what made you want to see it? Uh, I mean, I've always been a huge Who fan. Okay, uh, but also, uh, so I I also produced for Paul Lesnick his yeah. Behind the Curtain podcast, mm-hmm. and we interviewed the um, one of the directors, Des McAnuff, right. and the three main cast members, the nice. Walker parents, and then nice. uh, Tommy himself. Oh, that's so fun. How cool. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Good for Now, get you. back to us after you watch the movie, because I think after seeing the play, it's just, yeah. it's different enough. Will do. And, yeah. and take the time to listen to the entire original Who Tommy album. And One if you need favorites. brownies, I can supply them for you. <laughs> More coming up, so stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. All I got is a photograph. Well, a lot of photographs. We're going to talk about that and uh, share some photographs and uh, give you some hints about how to take really cool photographs with your cell phone. Because everybody tries to do it. And everybody, I can't get my cell phone and take one picture. But I'm, I'm very impressed with some of the pictures that I get. And I think it's just and you should be. taking a lot of pictures is what's happened. And after a while you go, oh, oh, this is how I did it last time and it worked for me. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna, we've got some tips for you because we have with us in the studio a professional photographer. This he has is been he, the official photographer on over 154, count them, 154 rock and roll cruises with uh, some people like Kiss, Lyle Lovett, John Mayer, Bon Jovi, and uh, you know some as, of those up-and-coming people. As I said earlier, it's a dirty, thankless job, but somebody has to do it, and that somebody is Will Byington. Hi, Will. Hello. Thank you so much for having me tonight. Yes. Yeah, so Thank is, you for being had. It, is that a dirty, thankless job working the the cruise line? And you know, it, it's. Uh, I mean, one, I'm, I'm incredibly blessed as, as I've done this for uh, about six. I've been a professional photographer for nineteen years for about 15 of those i've done the rock and roll cruises Mm -hmm. and i have to pinch myself every time because one is most of them are in february november or february yes as a lifelong chicagoan it's really nice to get out of here Uh, i heard y'all talk about florida just a little bit ago as much as we don't want to be there right now uh february is the time that it's kind of nice to sail out of miami well the and speaking of february have you ever done our friend delbert mcclinton's sandy beaches cruise so you know what's funny so sixth man the company that i've been incredibly lucky uh they started out doing a boat called the rock boat Mm -hmm. and with the band sister hazel okay and they started out as a vacation for their for their fans and it's exploded into next year i think six man's gonna do 25 cruises Uh, with all kinds of bands. For about three years, they partnered with Delbert McClinton mm-hmm. and did the Sandy Beaches. Now, unfortunately, uh, 
Delbert's been doing his for I think twenty five years, yeah. something yeah. like that. He is one of the the pioneers of the of the rock and roll cruise vacation with your fans industry. Um, unfortunately, they've had so many fans who've gone over the years mm-hmm. who take their own photos mm-hmm. uh, that they they were like, ah, oh, we don't need to pay a photographer. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We've got we've got people who do it for us. So <laughs> I never did theirs, uh, but the one we do closest to that is called Kayamo, and that's the one that Lyle love it. Brandy Carlisle did it for years. Cool. Um, John Hyatt, John Prine. Oh, and wow. it's just incredible to be able to be sitting in, in beautiful Caribbean waters yeah. on a cruise ship watching someone like John Prine. Well, th- th- let me back up with, with, with your story. A, when did you discover that you liked photography? B, when did you discover that, yeah, I can make a living doing this? So, and again, I pinch myself. Like I said, it's, mm-hmm. it's been so surreal. Uh, I've always kind of done it as a hobby. My, my parents and my dad did photography. Uh, I always took a couple pictures and, and used to love the idea of a one-hour photo. You know, yes. figuring how neat that was to be able to get yeah. photos. Uh, I took one class senior year of college at, at the University of Alabama. Uh, roll Tide. Uh, <laughs> you uh, made uh, me Jewish. Uh, uh, hello to longtime <laughs> listeners, uh, Highly Overstreet and Wolf. Uh, no, um, and Patrick Crispin, who'll be joining us yes. a little later. But I did, uh, I did, I did one class senior year of college, and I always thought I would do it as a hobby, and it was just real neat. And this was, I'm 45. I just turned 45, so this was when film and black and white photography, mm-hmm. and we did the developing in a lab. Uh, actually, halfway through the class, senior year, they switched to digital. And or they switched to scanning, oh, not yes. digital shooting, but but digital scanning. Um, and then I toured with, I did movie promotions in L.A. I did toured with a rock and roll band from New Orleans doing merchandise and promotions. Which band? Marketing. I, I did work with a band called Cowboy Mouth. Oh yeah, uh, yes. And then Better Than Ezra. Okay. Uh, so I toured with the, those two New Orleans acts. And always did photography, touring around the country. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, though, at that time, you had to have a, a camera. You right. had to, you know, mm-hmm. so this was 2001. And a lot of equipment. To 2004. So you had to actually carry, whether it was film or I did get a cheap digital camera. And, and mm-hmm. it was so funny how technology has changed over the 20 years. Because back when I was doing it, you know, it would be like, oh, you've got a one megabyte memory card. Or yeah. you know, it was you were rich when you got a one gigabyte yes. memory card. High tech. Like, oh, we're, we're advanced now, and and now you know two pictures is, is a gig. It almost seems like, yeah. you know, and that's an exaggeration, but it's crazy how now you have a, you know I think I have two sixty four gig memory wow. cards in my camera at any yeah. time, and then my phone is is five hundred and twelve gigabytes. And I still fill it up, and, and we'll talk about that. But uh, so about 2004, I'd stopped touring with the band, was kind of trying to figure out what I was doing with my life. And in one week, I'd already always kind of sold some photos on my website and always looked at it as like, hey, I paid my cell phone bill this month. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, I got tour money, I got beer money. Um, but in one week, I, I did some pictures of, of the Cubs and Wrigley Field and did some kind of really unique Wrigley Field shots. And that's kind of what got me going. And within like one week, I sold like 10 of them. And I was like, maybe if I focus on this, maybe if mm-hmm. I dive into this and, mm-hmm. and, since then, I've been again blessed. You said 154 cruises. I've I've traveled the world and and met celebrities, rock stars, and yeah, and it, it's really opened a lot of doors. And it's it's really a, a unique thing. And you also did 
a Cubs book yes. about Cub fans, right? Yes. So for for twelve years, I actually lived. You couldn't live closer than I did. I lived in the uh, directly across from the right field foul pole oh boy. Uh, of Wrigley Field. I lived in the down the line rooftop. Baseballs would hit my building during batting practice. Yeah. I mean, that's how close. And and at that time, I, I moved in there in two thousand four. Um, fan fans fans are still around the ballpark nonstop mm-hmm. now. I would say the early 2000s, people still, they camped out for mm-hmm. opening day. Sure. Mm-hmm. They really, oh, yeah. I think there was a special moment there was the norm. in the 80s, 90s, and even early 2000s where it was just really unique, where people, it was a vacation to come to the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And, I remember we used to have, at that time, Chuck Swirsky early in the morning go over to Wrigley Field because yeah. we were on uh, from 11 at night till 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> and he would give us uh, like a report in our 4 o'clock hour of the fans lined up yeah. outside yeah. To Wrigley Field. To buy tickets Field. People to be there. Would, and to buy tickets. Uh, yeah, when tickets went on sale in February was always fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then opening day was a holiday. And it was yeah. really, really neat. And what I started realizing living there was the characters, the personalities, mm-hmm. the characters, the stories that people had. And and this was, of course, before we saw the Holy Grail in 2016 and won mm-hmm. the World Series. And what was neat is you would see these people who, I mean, literally would save up for a whole year mm-hmm. for one day to mm-hmm. go to a game yep. at Wrigley Field. And they would bring signs and stories and whatnot. So I started photographing them and documenting the people with their stories and then I would get them to write if they if they seemed like a good one there was a nun for example that was out there and a nun you know she was a nun but really? covered in her habit gear. really and and she had branded it and I don't, I don't know how you know right that is but <laughs> hey I love it but she was a nun and and I had her write her story and she said I knew I was a Cubs fan before I knew I was Catholic. You know, wow. I, love, I love that. I love yeah. That. You know, just neat I got goosebumps like when you said that. Yes. Is your book still available? Yeah, we are Cubs fans. Uh, I think it's on Amazon and willbyington.com. Oh, that's cool. And we're talking with Will Byington, talking about taking pictures. Uh, well, I wonder if you would agree with something that we heard from uh, a photographer, a friend of ours, years ago. Um, Will Crockett. I don't know if you know Will. I don't think I do. But he said something that I've never forgotten, and as an amateur, to me it seemed like something that made a whole lot of sense. The way to take a good picture of whatever it is is take a lot of pictures of whatever that is, and, and hopefully one of them is going to be kind of cool. Thank goodness we can do that with a phone, too. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day when you were snapping it, valuable film was going yeah. to waste. You know, so one of the, the biggest things, one of the ways I start my, so I've started doing these classes, uh, phonography classes. I call mm-hmm. it the Shot Club. Again, and, that's phonography, not pornography. <laughs> a listener right. texted and said, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> phonography. And and the whole idea is the, to start out with that concept is the best camera is the one you have with you, mm-hmm. and everyone has their phone with them, whether it's a flip Android phone or an iPhone or an Android, a Google Pixel, whatever it is, we all have them on us at mm-hmm. all times. So that's the first key is you don't have to carry twenty pounds of gear and lenses and all that. The beautiful thing is we all have it on us at all mm-hmm. times. And the second part of that is, and that's exactly what I say. You can take hundreds, you can take thousands, shoot away. Mm-hmm. And, and I really do advise that. You know, a lot of people go, oh, that fills up my memory, and oh, my goodness. But 
one, you can delete it. You can. Right. But I do really say, shoot away. Shoot. And, and I talk about shoot high, shoot low, shoot wide, shoot close. Change mm-hmm. your perspectives. And the beauty mm-hmm. of a, a phone is you can do that. You can you can get that phone in angles that you can't really get with a big mm-hmm. camera. You can be a little incognito. You can get mm-hmm. kind of those candid moments of people not knowing um, they're being photographed. And, and you can really get the candid moments we used to get with a, a disposable camera or whatnot. But you can really do some cool stuff with the phones, and it doesn't cost you a cent. Is one of the keys not only getting to learn what your phone will do, but also developing your eye. Yes, yes. And so I have I have a big belief. I have a lot of friends who play music. I have a lot of friends who are chefs, who are artistic in so many different ways. And I really do believe, I don't believe everyone can sing, mm-hmm. no matter how much you try. I don't believe everybody can play music, play an instrument. Right. I don't believe everybody can cook. I've tasted some cooking. It's not good. I don't believe th- there's a lot of art that people, no matter how many classes you take, no matter how, no matter how much you do, I really do believe, and I, and I have a hard time when anyone says I, I can't take good photos, I, I 100% believe everyone can take a great photo. And part of it is if you take 100, if you take 1,000, you're going to get one. You're going to get good ones. Yeah. So it's a, it is a thing of numbers. I still take 1,000 photos mm-hmm. to get really good ones. But then the beauty of it is, to your point, and there are some people that maybe they can't do it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. But if you take enough photos and then you edit them, and you just and and so part of it really is that Ansel Adams edited his photos. That's mm-hmm. true in the dark room. Yeah, uh, Annie Leibovitz, mm-hmm. on and on and on. Everybody, every photographer edits. Whether mm-hmm. it's and, and even in the dark room, it was a different technology, but mm-hmm. it, but it's the same idea that. Even if you take a photo, you can crop it. You can mm-hmm. enhance it. You can turn it black and white. You can you can do some really neat things, and it doesn't take much. And, and the beauty of it, again, the best camera is the one you have on you. In your phone, you have a darkroom. Ants mm-hmm. Labs used to have to go get it developed right. and have to work at it. Now you can literally be, as I was tonight, walking down, you know, crossing State Street. I took a picture of the city. I've got it, and then you've got it ready, mm-hmm. and and edit, crop it. You know. Well, do you find though that it it is really an eye opener, no pun intended, when you take those pictures from your phone and you see them on a, a screen like your desktop screen? Because I've looked at them before and went, "Wow, I took that. Yeah, that's pretty cool." But I'm looking at my cell phone, thinking, "Well, that's that's decent." And then when you blow it up, you go, "Whoa!" And that's one of the reasons I, I also again I I advocate don't delete. So yes. many people look at it on their phone and go, oh, I don't oh, like it. Yes, it's not good. Exactly. It's not whatever. And, and I really do believe, you know, there's some pictures that once you do look at it big, on a big screen, yeah. you go, oh, that is not very good. Yeah. But vice versa, I've had so many times where you look at it on your small phone and then you see, oh, that is really cool. Yeah. And the other part of that is I do really still, as much as I'm digital and, and everything I do is digital, mm-hmm. and, and like I said, where I would say even my future is going is the digital classes, teaching everybody how to take better pictures with their phone. But do print your photos. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to impress your friends, your family, a coworker, a client, we've, we have gotten away from that physical touch. Mm-hmm. And, and I still do stand by there's nothing better than giving someone yeah. 
a printout. Well, I'm going to take it a step further because I've enjoyed um, taking some, I'm not bragging, but some darn good pictures of my flowers. And what I like to do is take a series of those to Walgreens and they turn them into coasters, ceramic coasters for me. And now, you know, I walk into people's houses and I think on their coffee table, that's my flower picture right there. Johnny surprised me a a couple of years ago with a bunch of coasters. I play guitar. Unbeknownst to me, she was taking pictures of my hand on different guitars. That's so awesome. I found six and different guitars. It's a guitars. bunch of uh, six different coasters Black with my and hand white. playing six different guitars, and it's so cool. Yeah. No, All coasters, I've, I've done those for years. Uh, but again, just something physical. Yes, something yes, I agree. Can, can I first, I want to go back to something you were, you were saying about don't delete. One of the things I love and I don't. I honestly don't know if this is doable on an iPhone or something. Something I love. I have a, uh, a Samsung Galaxy Flip. Anytime I'm cropping a picture and I'm editing it, I don't delete that picture. It has a function that says save as copy. I always do that. So I still, if I later I'm looking at it on a big screen, I thought, I don't. Yeah, I wish I had the original. Yeah, I've got the original. Yeah. So the beauty on, on iPhones, and, and it's kind of the same idea, and I, and I recommend that also. And, and people take my class, and they, again, they kind of get mad at me because then they end up having mm-hmm. – sometimes I'll have 12 versions mm-hmm. of one photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, There's a lot of photos, rock and roll photos, I love in black and white. I love the timeless mm-hmm. feel of it. But sometimes if it's someone very, very colorful, mm-hmm. you want the color version. So I definitely recommend that. I definitely recommend save copies, save versions. I recommend if you're going to edit something, shoot shoot with your normal camera and get the shot. And one thing I teach is just shoot. Shoot away. Shoot a lot. Edit later. Mm-hmm. And so that way you have versions. And, and if especially if you're somewhere like Wrigley Field – that maybe you're not going to get back to anytime soon. Or you're in a place, you're on the lakefront, and the, the sun sets one way. Shoot 100 photos, and then edit and play with it. On the iPhone, you can hit revert to original, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that you can do. You can never really ruin it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely recommend duplicate it, edit it one way, mm-hmm. duplicate it again, keep editing, and just have fun with it. The beauty of art is art's in the eye of the beholder, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What, what everyone, some people may look at my photos and go, my four-year-old could do a better photo. <laughs> and that's probably true because four-year-olds now are growing up with, with cameras uh, yeah. and shooting. Um, and, and there's a lot we can even learn from them is look at the – hand your phone to your kid. It's really cool to see the way they see the world mm-hmm. and the way their view of the world mm-hmm. and what they're seeing, whether it's their pets or their, their parents or their house get on their level too when you're that's the key i wanted to mention that when you're taking pictures of kids drop down so that you are looking at them the way they see the world it's It's just a cool way to change your perspective so that is really edit edit away black and white color i do a lot of times where i'll do both you know Mm -hmm. one of my favorite photos i've taken was the day after saint patrick's day a couple years ago from the london house hotel looking down the river and it's the where you know it's the day after they dyed the river green, mm-hmm. and I made it black and white, but I left just the river in green. Yeah, that's it's cool. It's a cool way. There's you know there's yeah. cool ways to just look at it and, and see it differently. Th- and are there certain uh, certain weather moods that are more conducive to different kinds of 
colors or black and white. For example, a rainy night. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do a black and white photo of this street with the water yeah. and the reflections. Yeah. Uh, to me, black and white works best. It's very film noir. The, yeah. 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 But it's also cool. You know, sometimes the lights, again, just the way the lights reflect off right. the street, That that's the kind of a, a perfect example of a shot that could be both. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it could. And, and sure, there's, again, whatever you see. And, and what I teach people is, I want you to create something you love. Don't and and just like most art, don't do it for the money. Don't do it for mm-hmm. anybody else. Do it for you, and you'll create amazing art. Will Byington in the studio with us. Uh, his website, cleverly enough, is willbyington dot com. And well, can you explain for a second uh, during the the news, we were looking at what you did on your camera, and can you explain how you did what you did? Because Will has it's an iPhone, right? But then you brought in this thing that is like a 3D thing that you mounted on on top of one of the microphones. And Will took this. It's a, a 360 view. view of the studio, and you're uploading that right now. But how, how, do you, how did you do that and connect it to your, your phone and we all We want to that? do that, too. So, so you know, the, the beauty of this, this world we're living in is, like I said, I, you know, and when I teach my classes, I, I show a picture. When I started in 2004, 2005, I would carry literally about 60 to 70 pounds of gear yeah. for a gig. Mm-hmm. And and at the time you had to have a wide angle lens, a zoom lens, telephoto mm-hmm. lens. Uh, you, know, you had to just had to have all this gear. And the amazing thing of where we're living is is again whether it's an Android, a Pixel, a Flip. You know you you have the Samsung, I think you mm-hmm. said, um, or the iPhone. Now it's got all the lenses built right in. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that when I started teaching these these classes. One of my best clients, ALG Vacations, the old Apple Vacations, mm-hmm. not ALG Vacations. They've been tremendous to me and have had me and, – and they're actually – my good friend Allie there is the one who gave me the kick in the butt to really start doing classes. She, mm-hmm. she called me for years and said, I want you to do classes. And, I, and we want you to teach for this one our travel agents how to take better photos. All these travel agents go to all these amazing, beautiful resorts. And get horrible photos yeah. with their phones. Mm-hmm. And so thanks to Allie, she really kicked me in the butt and talked me into it. And and I started doing these classes. And one thing I started teaching is, is there's some things, as much as we can talk about how amazing phones are now, there are some things they just can't do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people always want a really good moon photo, for example. Right. And there's some of the new Samsungs are pretty impressive. They even mm-hmm. have a moon setting. So some of the Samsungs, you can kind of get a good moonshot. But for the most part, cameras can't get a great moonshot. Mm-hmm. But there's other things that they can't do. So one thing I started teaching is if you're going to invest in, in wanting to one-up your social media game and create content, the whole idea now in this whole world is we want content. Right. That yeah. We want to make our friends jealous. We want to make our family jealous. We want to make our clients jealous. Mm -hmm. And we want to get people's attention. So there's some really neat things you can get. And one of which is the Insta360. And and everything I – if I dabble on it in the class, and this is kind of more the extended classes when we get away from just phone. But the Insta360, it's about 300, 400 bucks. You can get a fancy, a little bit fancier, but under 500 bucks. And I say whether it's this or a DJI mini drone – 
which you can get for under 500 yeah. bucks. You can get the drone. But this Insta360, you said exactly. I posted it. I mounted it right here on the light in the middle of us. And literally without moving the camera, without doing anything, through my phone, I'm able to control it. I'm able to see what it gets. And instantly in one picture, I was able to get the entire studio. So we are separated, and we didn't have to yeah. get up to be in the same picture because now when they go to, listeners go to the picture, they just swipe it and it'll take them around the room and they'll see Steve mm-hmm. and they'll see me and then they'll see you. And, and it's really deep. And there's there's a couple other ways, and I'll post. I, so I shared it, I tagged y'all's show, so hopefully it'll work. If mm-hmm. well, Before I leave tonight, we'll make sure it works and you can see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. But the neat thing about it is you can also do. They do a thing called Tiny Planet, where all of a sudden you make it into a circular globe type picture. Really cool. Um, And this is just a really neat thing because I've done photos. My friend Bob Krause, Bob and Jill got married at Wrigley, back to Wrigley Field. And they were in the bleachers. They had 200 people in their wedding party in the bleachers. I was able to hold this camera up and get every single person in the photo. And, And what's neat is... You can just create some really cool content. The other fun thing about the Insta360 is you can you just really start filming it. And whether you start walking with it and do a time lapse or hyperlapse, it captures everything around. And mm-hmm. after the fact, you can pick which way the video points or what you want to focus on. So you have an kind of app on your phone yes. for Insta360. Insta360. So you're working the phone camera through that app and this is it's about six inches it's i mean you could is it compatible with with both uh, android and iphones it doesn't matter it just plugs in and there you go and so there's some really neat things and and but the big thing it's funny when i started the class and so for that one for like travel agents the cool thing is you can mount it you know on a bed in a hotel room and get the lobby shot the lobby get the lobby the pool and really show. And, and what's neat is people can immerse themselves in it. Mm-hmm. And what's cool is once you capture it, they see everything you're seeing. One of the best places I use the Insta360, I was in Barcelona with a bunch of friends after one of the cruises. And we went to the La Sagrada Familia, which is the church in Barcelona that's been under construction for, I think, 150 years. Mm-hmm. But it's one of, it's literally one of the most beautiful places on earth, one of the most beautiful mm-hmm. churches. And a still photo just doesn't do it justice. Mm. And the neat thing with the Insta360 is you you see what we saw. And so again, you can it's not it and it, look up. It's not a video it's, per se. It can be. It can do video, and it does do video. But it's a three D. Three sixty. Excuse me. Three sixty application. And, yes. And so what's neat, and what I'd say is. Again, there's just so many neat little tools you can get now, and and when you combine it with your phone that you have with you, but the 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 other key to this though is there's so much that the phone does that I think people don't realize. Absolutely, you can do time lapse. Mm-hmm. What that is is when you know if you were like the beautiful view you have here out of the studio, if you have the sunrise mm-hmm. and the sun was coming up, and you you literally can just mount your phone, set it in the window, let it run for an hour as the sun comes up. And all of a sudden, that becomes a 30-second video mm-hmm. of the sunrise. The clouds, when you've seen clouds you see moving, moving, it's, it's yeah. kind of But you can also do slow motion video. Mm-hmm. Slow motion's amazing. I, I just posted on my Instagram, which is just my name also, Will Byington. Um, I just posted a video from the fireworks Wednesday night on my friend Trudy and Gilby's boat uh, and Mike's boat. We went out for the fireworks. I did slow motion of the fireworks. Mm. And literally, we're just on the boat on Lake Michigan, and it just... Just doing that slow motion, kind of like turning a picture black and white. It's simple things that everyone can do, and, and everyone has built right into their phones. Mm-hmm. 
And just all of a sudden, they see it differently than everyone else is seeing it. Well, in fact, I just taught you something the other day, how to edit things out of pictures. Oh, yeah. That's that's crazy. There was a fuzz on a picture that I took. It it was like, I don't know, it was flower pollen or something that was on your shirt. And I said, oh, we can take care of that. And you said, what? And I just went in there and erased it. And now his shirt was, you know, fuzz free. And and the key there that I teach you real quick, because I will say this, as, as we talk about this, if you're shooting for press, if you're shooting, you know, if you're hired by the Tribune mm-hmm. to shoot, or or if WGN hired me to go shoot an event, don't edit. You mm-hmm. know, I, I'm a I'm a, oh, I'm a, a see, hardcore yeah. believer, even removing fuzz, even you know, okay. But like, if you're shooting for press, don't edit. Mm-hmm. I, I just believe that. I believe right. we should have a historical record that's true. That's a good point, and that yeah. we believe. But. Everything else yeah. is fair game. And you can remove, do it. Remove fuzz, remove water bottles, yeah. remove – you can add clouds. Spouses. Sure, sure. <laughs> we Are you we, to have, to take, we no. have to take a break, but, but I want to very quickly take you in the absolute opposite direction, and we may get into this with Patrick a little later. Okay, you can edit all kinds of things. With all of this AI technology, is there any technology that allows – for example, investigators to look at a picture and say, "No, this is not the original shot. This is artificially edited." Is there any technology that basically allows you to say, "This is the real deal," or "This is phony"? Yeah. So I will I will jump in and say, "One is how long are you on the air?" Because we need hours to discuss uh, <laughs> okay. everything that can be done with AI and and where we're at in the world. Right. Um, it's it, and again, and I'm not a lawyer, and there's a lot of that that right. I, I don't even know the exact answer, and that's what's really scary about mm-hmm. where we're going. AI is amazing. Again, if if you're on vacation or if you're here in Chicago and it's cloudy all day or all week, add some clouds. Awesome. Mm-hmm. There, I think that's a very good question, and the scary part is I don't know the answer. Have I you think heard? There are some ways people can tell that that it's edited. Yeah. But there's also a lot of ways people don't. This has nothing to do with with photographs, and we are going to break quickly. But Mm -hmm. have you heard the Johnny Cash version of the Barbie song? I don't think I've heard that yet. Oh, my gosh. AI, they just took his voice, and he's singing the Barbie song. Should we do a little bit of that out of the break? (laughs) It's terrifying. It really is terrifying. I mean, the Pope in a puffy jacket. Yes, yeah. I've seen that. Yep. And there's also a picture that's circulating a guy in a tree. He's going to rope a deer down below. And like throw a rope around a deer and hold that deer and people went, uh, excuse me, but that deer was put in the picture yeah. with AI. So it's it's, yeah. it's everything has changed. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Will Byington. And the blatant plug light has just gone on. If people want to uh, contact you, how do they do it? Uh, yeah, so, like? again, the best best way is uh, my website, as you mentioned, uh, willbyington.com. B is in boy, Y-I-N-G-T-O-N, Will Byington. On Twitter, or X, sorry, uh, mm-hmm. on, on uh, the social medias, uh, as well as Instagram, you can find me, Will Byington. Again, B-Y-I-N-G-T-O-N. Uh, all those are great. And, and, and please I checked send me Amazon. questions. Your book is available yeah. on Amazon yeah. to your Cubs book. Uh-huh. And um, five-star reviews. So good <laughs> for you. We want to sneak in a bunch of these questions here. A listener from 319 Area Code says, Will, how large can you enlarge an iPhone picture? 
That sounds like a personal question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, you know, size does matter in this case. <laughs> so, you know, but I, I, I am a big believer, and I've done, I've actually done big, big pictures. Um, you can go, you know, I tell people to, it, it all depends on the picture, when, how you edit it, what you've done to it. But iPhone pictures, 20 by 30. You really? can do it on canvas even before One it thing, gets all pixely. Yeah, and you know, and, and again, it depends on it depends on the picture. Um, it depends on how you shot it and what you did. But but the, they are the the quality of the phones now. You can actually go mm-hmm. very large. I've had some um, really good luck uh, taking uh, flower pictures. I showed you quickly yeah. just a whole page of fl- that was a week's worth of flower pictures awesome. I took. You know, and there's probably fifty or sixty of them there. But I've had good luck enlarging those, and I have the Samsung Galaxy S twenty two Ultra. Yeah, no, all the all the phones now. Unless if you're still shooting with an iPhone six, you might yeah. have some issues. Yeah, but especially the newer phones, you can enlarge very large and. If you're worried about it, do things like canvas. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of looks like a painting, and it's yes. really a neat thing. Yes, but no, I, I'm a big believer. You can enlarge big. Listener, By the way, I'm, I'm interrupting just to say if anybody wants to go to the Steve and Johnny Facebook page, that is facebook.com/slash Steve and Johnny Show. I just shared Will's 360 picture on our page. Oh, great. So okay. you can go to our Facebook show page, and you'll see the 360 picture that Will took. And uh, I'm taking a picture of Will, even as we speak. A uh, listener says, in fact, a couple people say, I don't see where you're listing classes. I want to take one of these classes. So the classes, so y'all were so wonderful to have me on. Uh, what, I, what I'd love for you to do is on my Instagram uh, or my website, you can email me. Mm-hmm. Just send me an email and just say, I want to say that. I want to take your class. Uh, they're called the Shot Club. Uh, li- literally, I'm going to be doing two probably in uh, mid-September, also early October. Mm-hmm. Um, details are forthcoming. So the are shot they a couple club, hours long, yeah, a, one time? So what I do is, yeah, it's, it's a very intro class. Uh, this one, I know we had somebody ask about uh, shooting with their Canon sports. Right. My quick answer for that one is we got to dive in longer. Feel free to message me. Uh, but for shooting with a real camera sports, you do probably want to do shutter speed priority uh, and shoot fast. And in daylight, especially, you want to shoot a fast shutter. The beauty of my shot club class, though, is it's all just phonography, as we keep mm-hmm. saying. So it's all about just shooting with your and you Android have a, or iPhone. A basic class, a, and then so right now I'm just doing that. This is Good. all new. Like I said, it, it's uh, it's been years in the making, but it's brand new. Uh, iPhoneography, um, or phonography, because we do do Android also. But it's a two hour class. We've done it. The first two I did here in Chicago, we did at Beck's uh, up on Clybourne oh, Webster, yeah. the little yeah. bar, great bar by Danny Beck, um, in the back room, and it's a two hour class, and it's really teaching. What we really dive into for both Androids and iPhones is what you can do. Mm-hmm. Time lapse, slow motion, talking about keeping live photo on and the reasons behind that. A lot of people go, oh, I hate that. I hate what live photo does because it creates this little video file and it clogs up my oh. album. Live photo is amazing. You can save photos. You can you can literally get photos that you thought you missed. With that little video clip, you can open eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're taking a group shot, you can you can recover and, and create moments that you couldn't do. You can also do boomerangs with it. You can do long exposure. It's really neat. So it's literally a two hour class. We do a little hands on. We do a little teaching. Um, so, but again, this kind of all came out so quick, and I couldn't lock in exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to do again in September. And you're going to let October. us know before. I will definitely let you know. And but just send me an email. Uh, I'll give it out to Will Byington Photo 
at gmail.com is my email. I'll give it straight out. Will Byington Photos at Gmail. Just send me an email and say, I am interested in a shot club photo class, and I'll get you all the details. Cool. And, and I think it's reasonable to say that before September, Will will be back on with us. Yeah. So we'll get a little more information. By the way, I have to say, this 360 photo is crazy. I was. It's on our Facebook page. And on my phone, I was looking at it, and you can look at the bottom of the table. You can look at the ceiling. You can swirl it. It's just oh, that's wild! It's crazy kind of technology. I love oh. that. And you see the whole thing. And the fun thing about it, and is you can people, zoom in. You can zoom in. You can move around it, and it's it's just really neat. And so that's what we'll talk about is, is all those things. Wow! And uh, there's a lot of neat things. I want to take you in a, in a different direction. Just before we got so much stuff to get to in uh, three minutes to do it. <laughs> you have worked with all kinds of rock stars. Who's your favorite person to work with when you were photographing them? Oh, uh, again, uh, we're know. here till two a.m. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, this is just between. No, yes. Uh, I, again, I've been I've been lucky. I, one of the neatest things that that still surprises me and, and intrigues me and has just been fascinating and fun. For over twelve years, I've been the photographer for the Murray Brothers, mm-hmm. and I've been lucky enough to do the Murray Brothers Caddyshack golf outing. And with that, I've I've worked with Joel Murray, John Murray. Can I Andy post the Murray. picture you did of Bill Murray? Sure. The black yeah, and white yeah, photo yeah, of him. It looks yep. like he's in an alley. He was actually in a in an elevator at the opening of their Caddyshack in Rosemont. Oh, okay. And it was one of those things, and that's one of the examples of what I do try to find is moments that everyone doesn't expect. Mm-hmm. Everybody sees him as crazy Bill yeah. Murray. It was fun to capture the and I think he was he was exhausted. He had been doing his world tour with the uh John uh, Jan, the celloist, I think it is. He was on a world tour. He came in for the grand opening, and he was just chilling. He was like, mm-hmm. I just need a moment where I'm out of it. And, of course, there I am as paparazzi yeah. taking his picture. Um, but what's neat is, so the Murray brothers have been great. It's it's absolutely crazy. I don't listen to Kiss all the time. I don't know mm-hmm. if I even have a Kiss record. That's off the record. Uh Kiss. I've done 11 years with them. Fascinating to see the world that they live in mm-hmm. and what they've created and, yeah. and their fans. Um, so, you know, that's been neat. John Prine, again, pride of Maywood, Illinois. Yeah. Uh, the fact that I got to work with him yeah. was amazing. John Prine was was incredible. Just And he was everything you would want John Prine to be. It was exactly I, it, it, so My perception pretty. of him is that he would have been someone that, that gave you just about complete access Pretty good. Uh, I, I did a couple things. You know, the, the interesting thing with all of that is I have. It, it's it's fine. Today's the seventh anniversary. I think it is. Of I was at a conference in L.A. and I photographed Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talk about where they limit everything oh, yeah. and and want approval and and everything. Um, you know, it's all about relationships, and th- and that's the beauty of what I've been able to do over the years. John was pretty good. John Prime was pretty good, but it was also it was mm-hmm. unfortunately we had another two events I think it was planned for 2020 mm-hmm. that I was going to work with them again. He was just kind of getting to know me mm-hmm. and and know I was from Chicago, but it's also the more you see people and they they know they can trust you. Yeah. Yes. And and in this day and age with photography and video and the fact that everyone does have their mm-hmm. phones on them um it's trust. And yeah. It really is a trust thing. Sadly, we just beeped over the top of the hour. Um, this this will be the first of many visits with you. 
<laughs> yes. If it's, um, if it's okay with I'm you. I'm game anytime. Where are you going next? You've got a cruise coming up. So I got, ridiculously enough, I leave for uh, Cancun uh, Wednesday to do a photo class there again for travel agents. Uh, and then I actually go do the Joe Bonamassa cruise out of Athens, Greece. Oh, right wow. Right after that. So uh, a <laughs> couple, oh, couple fun trips in the yeah. next couple weeks. Thank you, Thank you, you so much. Uh, this has been fun. And, and as I said, I hope the first of many. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Will. More coming up, so stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Now, why would we be playing Hmm. the Beatles? Hmm. Well, one week from now, this thing called the Fest for Beatles fans is going on. It will be going on all next weekend. And we thought it was only appropriate to reconnect with our resident Beatleologist. Who happens to be a writer of a few books, like seven books with his buddy, Harry Castleman. That's another story. We'll have a little conversation about it. Oh, Harry. Um, three of those books were volumes on the Beatles, and he is our friend and Beatleologist, Wally Petrajic. How are you, Wally? Well, I'm fine, and uh, it's great to hear your voice. Well, thank you. Uh, and share the, uh, share the line with you. Well, let me just ask you, because it was a standing joke on our show for many years. So how's this Harry guy? <laughs> this Harry guy is doing fine and and by well you can choose to believe this or not but uh, just yesterday he was on the radio but on a boston station oh uh-huh. because you know. see, in, in the years that we have known wally we have Decades. never ever uh talked with harry and a- every time this subject comes up the old Ross Bagdasarian song, That's the Trouble with Harry, starts going through my head because I think there there is no real Harry Castleman. It's all we, a figment of your imagination. We've been teasing Wally about Harry forever. I, and I'm, I said you've written it's seven books, right, with Harry? Well, actually, uh, it's nine. Nine? Okay, who's counting? Wow. And three of those were your Beatles books. Were about the Beatles, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and let, let me just get this quickly out of the way. Mm-hmm. Carrie and I are currently both alive and well and working on updating our watching TV season by season. Oh, good. Story for a fourth edition. Now, is that going to uh, become crazier it, and crazier as, as you're dealing with streaming and, and cable oh, yeah. and all the oh, ships yeah. at sea? That, that's what's been so much fun about it. We're, we, we, it's about 10 more chapters. Ooh. As you recall, it, it is season by season. Yeah. So we're just going chronologically through it, but tying it all together, explaining it, you know, uh, what's been happening and what will happen. So that's been a fascinating process to observe a burthen, uh, because we basically pick it up from about 2015, taking it to the present. In fact, one of our jokes, yes, there still is a Harry, mm-hmm. uh, one of the jokes between us is, well, we were wondering what we talked about for the last season. Well, I guess that's easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the strike and all of its implications. Yeah. Oh. Wow. There are, you know, that's a, that's a subject for another night, too. Let's talk about all of the implications of the strike, because this is going to be like something I don't think we've ever experienced and rumor has it now uh, that 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 it may yeah. not be settled till after the Academy Awards, which have already been pushed back. The Emmys or the Emmys, rather. Mm-hmm. Emmys, yeah, yeah. Uh, but speaking of technology, uh, I know probably you'll want to talk about uh, uh, Paul McCartney's sort of 
kind of getting his technology story straight about the forthcoming final, listen, we're not kidding, final uh, Beatles uh, track to be released. In fact, you anticipated one of my questions, and let me kind of back up for people who are not aware of this. Uh, Roughly a month or so ago, uh there this rumor started that using artificial intelligence technology that Paul and Ringo were going to be able to go back and take this old uh, track that had never been released but do it as a new here's another Beatles track and then uh correct me on this but I believe Paul subsequently came out and said no, we would never use artificial technology. What we're working with is actually something that that John had done that was never released. So, explain it all to us, Wally. Well, uh, actually, uh, even though it, it is not officially linked, uh, we saw recently what technology can do in terms of making something potentially unusable into something clearer clear as a bell, and that was Peter Jackson's uh, Get Back Film, mm-hmm. right. in which he was able to extract the audio. You see where I'm going on this? Mm-hmm. He was able to extract clear audio from uh, a very noisy uh, soundstage where they were just talking amongst each other and strumming the guitars and drums in the background. And he worked on something, actually dubbed the Mal, in tribute to Mal Evans, their, their old gopher, uh, which allows him to just drop everything else that he doesn't want to hear and, and to hear the voices that he was looking to capture for that film. Fast forward, not connecting the dots yet, but I'll just say that Peter Jackson uh, is New Zealand-based. And I don't know if you saw, but Paul has announced uh, he's resuming his uh, uh, world tour, his mm-hmm. got, got Back tour. Where do you think he's going to start <laughs> it off? Gosh, Rooney, Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, I'm sure it's sheer coincidence, but uh, when Paul did come back and clarify, uh, he said that we are not doing anything artificial, but we are cleaning it up. And that was Honestly, one of the reasons they didn't come up with this, uh, he's not even given the official title, but it seems everyone knows it's something called Now and Then. And um, it, they, they were working on three tracks way back during the uh, anthology days, mm-hmm. where they, that's when they had Free as a Bird and Real Love, and they had three volumes of uh, audio that were released to coincide with the anthology, again, from the, from the mid-90s. Uh, and instead of having a third song using some uh, tracks, some demo tracks that uh, John had been working on, and Yoko and the Beatles were saying, you wanted to take a shot at doing something with this. And uh, so they said, uh, this one is not working. The hum... Mm-hmm. The sound, the noise, we can't make it work. So they put that on the shelf. But they did do some work on it, which now takes us to assuming that when you fill in the, the, the missing lines of the narrative, that there was some George Harrison, at least guitar, work done 
during the time they were trying to do something with this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have the original John Lennon uh, demo recording, and then you have what Paul and Ringo had done as part of the three holes, so to speak, hmm. back then, and both of them are capable of stepping in and doing whatever additional enhancements, etc., are necessary. So, again, all of this is put in with the, it's, it's not an official press release, as Paul has discovered by just doing a sort of off-the-cuff comment, um, but I would say you're talking about an assembly, about piecing together something. Mm-hmm. This is not something that was almost done. This was something that was barely begun. Right. They got some of it down, put it aside, now they're coming back to it, and they can, you know, fly in any new sweetening that needs to be done by Paul, still a real live person, and uh, Ringo, still a real live person, and combine it with those recordings. We, so, we, uh, we, we have to take a break, but the, I think it's a fascinating comment on how fast technology is advancing that something that wasn't able to be used for the anthology album can potentially be used in a relatively short period of time now. We are talking with Wally Pedrajic, and he's our Beatleologist, and he's going to be at the Fest for Beatles fans, and we'll tell you all about that. It starts next Friday. It's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so it's next weekend. It's all going to happen in Rosemont, but all the details coming up here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Every time I hear that song, I have to crank it up to the threshold of pain. I love that. You can't sit still either. I, I got in such trouble at the time when that first came out. I know I've told the story before, but I'm going to tell it again. I was a music director at WLTH and Gary. And we had this kind of a twin spin thing that we would do mm-hmm. anytime there was a new record that came out. Heard that, loved it, put it on, did a twin spin. And the general manager heard it and said, what the heck are you putting on our radio? You heard what he's saying? Yeah, I heard what he's saying, and it's a great record. Yeah. (sighs) Oh, well. And then you moved on to another station. Yeah, I did, shortly after that. (laughs) We're talking with our resident Beatleologist, uh, Wally Pedrajek. The Fest for Beatles fans will be August 11th, August 12th, and August 13th. And, uh, Wally, uh, you are going to be at the Fest for Beatles fans doing what? Yeah, uh, basically, um, the, my two main uh, categories of uh, participation um, is uh, I'm one of the discussion moderators. And so uh, I will be very busy uh, all three days um, just talking with all sorts of authors and uh, also conducting trivia contest uh, uh, competition and uh, have have, have basically really good media panels, too, panels Mm -hmm. about uh, the ever-changing state of Beatledom, because just like everything else, um, it is reflecting the technology out there, and the Beatles continue to attract young fans. So when we're talking about having discussions, God love us, uh, you sit us down and, we, and we'll, uh, Steve and Johnny and, and, and you and I can talk about, I remember when. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the remember when 
is going to be from a 20-something. Yeah. are going to be uh, even younger than that, and, and they are part of that interaction, and it's so much fun. And in addition to that, um, I'm, I'm in a little performance group. We're going to do a little uh, performance piece, um, a little staging. And apart from me, there are all sorts of guests. Uh, Patty Boyd, uh, George Harrison's uh, first wife, has a new book, uh, My Life in Pictures. We've got we've dubbed the lads from Liverpool, Billy J. Kramer, Joey Mullen, and Terry Sylvester from the Hollies and Swinging Blue Jeans will be performing musically. Uh, there's a great uh, tug of war interview that is uh, one of the uh, uh, gentleman by the name of Tom Frangione uh, did a, uh, a sit down interview with Paul McCartney on the 40th anniversary of Tug of War. That in itself is really neat and with audio recording. Then uh, he um, worked with a, a visual co- uh, creator, and there is uh, basically a, a running visual track through the entire uh, interview. So when they're talking about stuff, you can see uh, it's just a marvelously produced uh, show. Um, Natalie uh, Palumbo is her name. So there's, and there's like something they call the Apple Jam stage, which is not quite nonstop music, but pretty darn close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's off of the, the, the main stage. You have a, the Liverpool sound like that. Basically, what it comes down to is there are opportunities for people to talk and revel in things Beatles conversationally, they can perform, uh, they could do art, they could just sit and soak it all in. <laughs> so that's what makes it such such a delightful weekend. Oh, and I have to say also, you can, if you go to the website and you can't make it, either for all three days or you can't physically get there, they do have a visual, uh, a, a streaming uh element to That's it very well. cool. And, yeah. and, and let me mention that if you choose to go, uh, the venue is going to be the Hyatt Regency O'Hare, as it has been for the past several years. And this is a this is a big deal that is usually sold out. And Wally, what year is this for mm-hmm. the fest? Funny you should mention that. It's been going since 1974. Wow. Uh, from New York. Yeah. And uh, I believe the first one in Chicago was 1977. So it's been going on for a while. That's amazing. And I got to tell you, when we um, posted earlier today our rundown for the show tonight, I heard from a listener who mm-hmm. said she's going to be at Beetlefest, and this is going to be like number 25 for her. She's going to be there with her daughter and her granddaughter. And I love that because, like you said, you've got that younger audience that's coming out. But to that go, is so cool. It's three generations is awesome. And they are just as uh, likely to be the ones strumming the guitar and playing the drums uh, <laughs> on these uh, stages, stand competition stages, etc., cetera, uh, as, as anybody. They're great. And we should also mention, if you want your, your Beatles tchotchkes, there's a marketplace where you can get things that you can't find oh, anywhere yeah. else, right? Oh, yeah. I'm looking if, at these sweatshirts. They don't, have it, 
then, then you then then it's not available. Yes, but I love the sweatshirts they've come out with this year. I mean, some, mm-hmm. with some of the lyrics mm-hmm. of the songs on the sweatshirts and some of the things. When you go tie dye, I immediately think I was there then. You know, when tie dye first started uh, for the Beatles. So, that, that, I want to take you in a totally different direction for a second. Sure. I just heard something uh, within the past month. Now, this may have happened uh, a long time prior to that, but. For whatever reason, on my Facebook pages, this page dealing with Yoko showed up, and mm-hmm. she was posting some really wonderful, insightful things, uh, and along with some of the stuff she was posting, I didn't realize that she has apparently moved out of the Dakota and is, what, on some farm now? She's, she's kind of retreated? Well, yeah, actually, that's one of those stories, it seems, among in fan circles, everyone knows, but don't ask me for the address of the farm. <laughs> uh, but, but I will remind you that uh, one of Yoko's gifts to the marriage of John and Yoko um, in, in, in their time at the Dakota was uh, being a good investor. And and so she certainly land was one of the things that uh, oh. was acquired. So yeah, um, I I couldn't tell you if it's their land uh, or you know leasing space. But you know why not mm-hmm. go to the country if you can? And uh, and she certainly can. And uh, it, it, it's a it's a wonderful way to sort of almost come full circle in terms of being uh, appreciative of nature. Uh, I'll I'll point out, uh, we in Chicago here can go to the, there's like a peace garden sculptures that uh, Yoko Ono was responsible for for putting in uh, near the uh, Museum of Science and Industry Mm -hmm. on the uh, south side. I I, visited them with with Grace uh, half a dozen years ago or so. We are talking with Wally Pedrajic. We're talking about the Fest for Beatles fans. And you can go to thefest.com and you can get all the information and stuff that we're talking about right now. Get the rundown of the famous people that will be there along with our famous Wally. And he's going to stick with us. So stay with us here on WGN. Our resident Beatleologist Wally Pedrajic is with us uh, talking about uh, some of the things that are going to be happening at the Fest for Beatles fans, which is going on August 11th, August 12th, and August 13th. Wally, uh, just during the news, Johnny came across an interesting piece of information. Penn Gillette of the comedy magic duo of Penn and Teller. He does a podcast that he releases every Sunday. And I guess tomorrow's podcast is going to be all about his recent week in London when he went to Abbey Road Studios and he was treated to an advanced hearing of a new Beatles song by producer Giles Martin. And Penn Gillette will say on his podcast today that not only will that song be rele- released, but he's been told by Giles that Giles is working on remastering the Beatles compilation 1962 to 66 and the 67 to 70 album. So more, more Beatles news. Hot off the interweb. Yes, actually, it's one of the things that uh, the Internet has uh, basically allowed folks to do which is to share with more than the people at the dinner table uh, <laughs> stories that they have uh, come across. And, uh, yeah, and actually I'd heard about that maybe about a week and a half ago or so, mm-hmm. uh, what you just described. 
Um, and I'm interested in hearing straight out, uh, he- hearing detail. Yeah. The, the thing about what's really great about this is a good time to come to a Beatles fan convention, but also to just be interested in all things Beatles, is I think uh, Paul and Ringo, Ringo especially, has always been comfortable with his own legacy. That is, you you and I uh, m- might remember there was a time where, well, we don't want to talk about that. We want to just look forward. And, mm-hmm. and they do look forward. It's amazing the type of, that both of them are still are touring this, 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 uh, right, yeah. uh, this fall. Uh, but they're also very comfortable with, but yeah, we did something really cool. And mm-hmm. we're embracing it. And uh, you want to talk about it? Okay. Let's talk about it. <laughs> and that, that is uh, a nice uh, attitude uh, to get from, from the two main members still around. Yeah. And it makes the celebration truly feel celebratory. Um, that when Ringo has turned his people celebrating his birthday into a peace and love uh, <laughs> uh, celebration, and um, just talking with people at the um, the celebration in Los Angeles that, that he attends, and it's just very relaxed. It's like, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm also a lot of other things, but that's definitely how you know me to start with. And I, I'm really glad that they're in that point in their uh, their lives, appreciating what they've done, and then continuing to do more. I probably ask you this just about every time we have ever talked about Beatles Fest, so mm-hmm. the Fest for Beatles fans. Uh, so I have to ask. I have to ask you again. You have been involved in the Chicago Fests since just about the inception. Are you surprised? that it is still going on. Did you ever, in your wildest dreams, when you went to some of the early Beatle Fests, think in 2023, we'll we're still, still going to be do doing this? this? <laughs> in point of fact, it's a tribute both to uh, uh, Mark Lapidus and his family, uh, staying with it year after year, uh, finding new ways, new, new circles of guests, but also tributes to the fans. I think more and more it's it's the fans that boy not just the fest but uh the continued relevancy of Beatles releases out there directly to answer your question the mythical Harry Castleman and I uh <laughs> in one of our early fest appearances said wow this is really fun we're really enjoying ourselves let's just remember this because I have no idea how long this is going to go on. <laughs> mm-hmm. We were seeing that in 1977. <laughs> so, That's crazy. Uh, it's so so it is it is amazing that it has continued to regenerate, so to yeah. speak, uh, going through um, a, a deep appreciation and uh, and then obviously terrible sadness along the way mm-hmm. and then bouncing back and saying but here's what has attracted us to it and it always comes back to the music yes and when you and when you're seeing people who are yes uh, come come to one of my uh, uh panel discussions and we will talk your your ears off <laughs> but 
it comes back to what are we talking about? It's those things that were touched off by the music, whether it be movies or live uh, uh, stage shows, the, the 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 love show out out in Las Vegas, whatever you want to, uh, whatever path you want to take. It keeps coming back to the music. Well, uh, you've obviously studied the music as well as loved the music, but it was the, obviously the subject of your three books on the Beatles. But I've never asked you, do you collect any Beatles memorabilia other than the music? Uh, just, uh, you know, that, that's a really good question. Uh, before, it would be just the music, that is, what's the best way to get the the collections, compilations, etc. Mm-hmm. But I have warmed also to other things, especially uh, especially books, frankly, mm-hmm. because more and more people, including say Paul McCartney, I'm looking at the book right now, Reflections and Photographs by Paul, 1964, Eyes of the Storm, and I have a, a deeper appreciation for the fact that. Not only are they uh, comfortable with their story, they're actually telling their story mm-hmm. in many different ways that we wouldn't have imagined before. I don't know if you've heard that it's a collection of uh, snapshots uh, Paul took uh, on their on their first visit yes. in 1964, and that's been brought together in a, uh, a high class photo book. Is actually an art exhibit in. The uh, in Great Britain at the National Gallery, so you can see uh, prints of particular photos, and and these are snaps before digital. These are snaps where well, it's a little out of focus. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how it was back then, <laughs> where you took your chances, pointed your camera, and hoped it would come out pretty good. Right. And a lot of these did come out pretty good, and then there are a couple that are, let's say, soft focus, and uh, but they're there. They're capturing the moment. And they have become part of a, and a greater appreciation for seeing nuances of the story that you wouldn't have even seen if you had been there back then, because you wouldn't have gotten access to Paul's camera right, to right. see what he snapped. Well, yeah, speaking of photos, uh, have you ever come across the work of artist Shannon McDonald? Uh, oh, Shannon, sure. Yeah, sure, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, I think she's uh, she's done the fest before. We just recently met her because she did the the ginormous guitar that's outside of the Illinois um, Gigantar. Yeah, Gigantar that's that's hanging outside Joliet. of the Illinois uh, Rock Hall of Fame, and so we met her. And wow. Her work is extraordinary. I can't get over her work. It's just, she's done uh, the paintings that are all over Great Britain and the the various restaurants and hotels. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. It's just, it's crazy good. (laughs) I mentioned her for for fans to check her out. One of the things that really does make the fest so much fun is that people inspired by have created their own artistic expression. Yes, Um, absolutely. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I was just going to, one of the things uh, that will be, uh, there's going to be a slideshow presentation by uh, Deco, the person who's in charge of the art room, mm-hmm. and it's all about the psychedelic era. Hmm. That is, psychedelia and the Beatles and the artwork, and I mean really going into the background of the times, the artists, etc. Why, you know, you could probably get uh, school credit 
for, for telling <laughs> you this. But, but, but it's an absolute delight to see. And you go, oh, I never realized that's where that came from. Or yeah. I never realized that uh, what we saw on the Beatles uh, dips into psychedelia was actually part of something much larger. Mm-hmm. And so that's there are so many things to see at the fest that... Uh, you do need all three days. Yeah, good point. And it starts on Friday, and it runs through Sunday. And there, are, if you want to spend the weekend there, there are a handful of rooms that are available, but it's certainly mm-hmm. easy to get there out at the Rosemont, um, the Hyatt mm-hmm. Regency O'Hare, and that's the venue, and it's hopping. And um, you can get all the details at thefest.com, and you can link to it from our Facebook page because we have all that information. And you can also follow Wally on his a page because he's very active and as you said you're working on the fourth edition of watching tv i'm excited about that i hope we can get you in studio so we can talk about that when it comes out oh just try to keep me out (laughs) okay Okay. (laughs) wally it's always fun to talk with you my friend have fun next weekend thank you thank you so much take care wally bye-bye now and again, it's the fest.com. Yep, that's and, simple. Uh, we will have all kinds of links on our Facebook page and on our blog, and uh, we'll have a whole lot more coming up. So stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putnam at WGN Radio. I could be wrong, but I think the first time we heard that, we were driving in to do a Sunday afternoon radio show on this radio station. And it was brand new, and it came out, and we loved it. And I think you're right. Yeah. That was back in the day when we were doing uh, one to four or five on a Sunday afternoon. And then coming back that, that night, night to at, do the yeah, Monday morning show. At midnight. Yeah. Which, ugh, crazy days. But if you're hungry to see the boss. Oh, what a nice segue. Wednesday and Friday, I am thrilled because, you know, there had been so much talk about how his tickets were just right. crazy expensive. And I just, for grins, decided to see what was out there. Mm-hmm. And StubHub is posting that at Wrigley Field on Wednesday, tickets are selling fast. And if you p- purchase two tickets, you're guaranteed that your two tickets will be together. Are you ready for this? Okay. Um Two tickets, one hundred and ten bucks. Two tickets, one hundred and seventeen bucks. One hundred and seventeen. One hundred and seventeen. One hundred and seventeen for both tickets. For both, yeah. That's, I know. That's amazing. I'm stunned. I'm wondering if that's legit. <laughs> well, it's it's when you go to Bruce Springsteen's page and you click on his tours and it takes you to Wednesday at Wrigley Field and you. You click on see tickets. That's where it takes you. Then he's back on Friday at Wrigley. And then you know what's happening on Saturday at Park West. Uh, that is when uh, Max is going to be. Yeah. Max he's Weinberg. doing his own show. Yeah. So he does that most of uh, uh, whatever it works out with their mm-hmm. schedule. He, he, he does his own solo thing and he's going to be performing Saturday night Um I wonder, does Bruce pop in on those shows? I don't know. But again, that's a reasonably priced ticket, too. And I wonder if how many members of the Max Weinberg 7 he has with him. I remember know. that used to be the group that... Uh, yeah, on Conan. Yeah. With Conan. Um, but again... That was a tight band. I, oh, it, yeah. One of my favorite nights 
was the night that Dwayne Eddy was on, Mm -hmm. on Conan, because Max and the Seven, they gave Dwayne the exact background that he had on his records. And Mm -hmm. he did Rebel Rouser and Ramrod, and it just, and you could see they were pumped to be working with Dwayne. It was the the week that Dwayne was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's right. I had no idea that Max Weinberg was part of Bruce Springsteen's band probably until late '90s, early 2000s when oh. I was when I was up late enough to watch Conan. Uh-huh. And I noticed that Max wasn't there playing the drums, and then Conan mentioned, "Oh, he's he's handling a Springsteen concert." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, I did not know that." Yeah. Yeah, uh, Max is incredible. Yeah. And, and I'm so glad that his health has yes. uh, has uh, gotten to the point where he can be back on the road because he had some serious heart problems That's for right. a while, too. So Wednesday, th- this town is hopping, let me tell you, because Wednesday, you've got Springsteen at Wrigley Field. Then Thursday, Pink will be at Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. And then Friday... Uh, Springsteen is back. Then you've got the Fest for Beatles fans. Right. And then next Saturday, we'll have a guest here in studio with us. He's coming to town for another big show that's out in Rosemont. In fact, uh, one of our guests next week will be Aaron Bearden. Uh, if you were listening when we were broadcasting down in Florida, you first heard Aaron. He's the owner of Instant Replay Sports Cards, and there is a big uh sports card memorabilia show going on again out in, Rosemont. in uh, Rosemont. And we told him that the Fest for Beetle fan was going on, and he's a musician too, and he's like, I had no idea. He said, I can literally walk from my hotel over there because the event that he's going to, I think, wraps up at like 6 in the evening. Yeah. So he's got the rest of the evening to go over to the Fest, except for Saturday night when he's going to yeah. come down here and hang out with us for a little while. In fact, speaking of people who will be hanging out with us uh, next week, the blatant plug light has gone on, yes. and along with Aaron, you're going to want to mark your calendars <laughs> next week next week see i'm getting cited if you're a fan of bozo yes you're going to want to be joining us joy Doria, who for years was bozo a lot of you grew up with him as your bozo and there's a great story about how he could not even talk about having been bozo until actor david arquette right purchased the, the estate the rights mm-hmm. and and he said i want you to get back out there if you want to and so he's coming to town for a big uh, show which will be the following weekend but he's going to join us and tell us all about it next saturday night so next week uh, bozo and aaron bearden and jim peterick from the ides of march right. jim will be joining us next week will, will bozo be in studio no no sad, sadly because bozo's appearance is not till the following week yeah, so he's he was, gonna tell us about so no grand prize game next week no <laughs> oh i could work something out though because i'm a sucker for that so gabe don't give johnny the idea to come up with a game because she will i'm big on games you know i tell you if you come to a shower that i have anything to do everybody's playing games if you come to a birthday party we're playing games now now, gabe watch out because next week you'll go into the newsroom and you will see the buckets all in a row (laughs) you know what the hallway has more space we'll do the hallway yes and you too could win a bike if you can make it to the sixth bucket (laughs) if you're lucky We have to take a break for news, and we're coming up on Sunday, so stick with us here. More coming up, 
So stay with us at WGN. We live on the radio. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. And yes, we're going to welcome in that computery guy who is the Director of Educational Technology at the Keck School of Medicine of USC. And he would be Dr. Patrick Crispin. <laughs> Alabama is well represented tonight. We spent an hour with Will Byington and now Patrick Crispin. You know what? And he didn't let us down, Patrick, because when he mentioned Alabama, he did say Roll Tide. So he did. Roll Tide. And Patrick, I don't know if you've looked at the Stephen Johnny page, but I'm blown away by that 360 photo that he took it is absolutely cool if you haven't seen it over on facebook it's fantastic the way that picture works and the technology that's being that's out there right now to you know to create these things and there's actually some videos insta 360 you know where you can do 360 videos or have it you know you have this stick where you have the camera in it and the AI in the in the computer or in the camera is smart enough to say, okay, I'm just going to remove the stick from the picture. Oh wow! Now you are a droneophile. You you yes. actually traveled from California with your drone in a suitcase. <laughs> is is there a drone that we could do something uh, like a smaller one that you can do something similar to that with an app on your phone? Well, there are there are some small drones that you can that you can play around with if you're interested in it. Honestly, if you're if you're interested in doing sort of these three sixty pictures, there just are three sixty cameras that you can go out and get that are much better than getting a drone. Because the problem with a drone is you have to control it, and if it's small enough, it's not going to be very stable. Mm-hmm. Any sort of gust of wind is going to go out and blow it around. That said, if you're interested in it. There is a drone called the Tello, T-E-L-L-O. You can get it at Best Buy. I think it's 150 bucks. Hmm. Um, I will tell you, the first time you fly it, you will crash it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the blades are going to pop off. And it's one of the fun things about learning drones is you're going to crash it. You're going to break out the blades, get extra blades. It's, but it's fun. And that's actually how Joseph, uh, my son, and I, started droning was we went on out on, and got a tello and played around with it and said we like this enough we're going to go out and get an even better one and uh now have a dji avada that we fly around and now one more time that's a dgi dji is a, is a uh, drone company uh-huh. and we have the avada which is it's a type of drone that can actually fly indoors if you wanted to because that's oh. one of the things we wanted to do was to fly around inside Mm-hmm. But we wanted to have something where the blades are protected because, again, if you learn how to fly with a tello, you're going to crash it and you're going to pop the blades off, which mm-hmm. then teaches mm-hmm. you, wait a minute, I probably want to have something that's going to protect my blades. And if you've ever wondered, Patrick is, in fact, a 13-year-old boy at heart. Yeah. Oh, I will never grow up. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I think for the moment, uh, I want to get one of these 3D cameras. No, three, 360. Or 360 cameras. Yeah. Th- that 360 is such cameras. cool technology. I love it. I, it. Basically, just do a Google search for Insta360, and uh, the, the videos, the cameras and videos that, that, that can be done with this, is, it's just spectacular what you can do with it. It's just fantastic. Well, and I think Will said you're you're 
like four hundred dollars. Um, but you're yeah. what you're doing is you're putting up more interesting product on your yeah. your social media sites, and that's what it's all about: getting people to go to your sites and and, and again. Go to our site. Go to Facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show, and you will see the 360 picture that we were talking about. A uh, lot to talk about with Patrick tonight. Uh, one of the many things we want to get into is this awful story about hospitals having been hacked, and now hospitals are going back to paper technology. This one story is 16 hospitals are in the group, and more than 100 um, other medical facilities have been affected by this latest cyber attack. And Patrick, what they're doing is is the hackers are seizing their system and just holding it hostage, as simple as that. I mean, they want money, right, to, to free it up again. Uh-huh. This has been a known issue for years. I remember first starting hearing about this in the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure here, while I work for the Keck School of Medicine at WSC, I'm just going to speak in generalities about healthcare. care. Uh, my, my field is in educational technology on the school of medicine side, the school side, not on the clinical side. So take what I'm about to say with a huge grain of salt. I'm not speaking on behalf of my employer on this one. Mm-hmm. The issue that you've got, and this is true in healthcare around the world, is one, it's a really juicy target for, like it or not, Russians. There are Russian cybersecurity uh, groups, ransomware groups, Cobalt Strike, Mimic Cats, Conti, who like breaking into hospitals and health systems because once they break in, they either can get all the records, which, you know, patient health records are really worth a lot. They might be able to get the credit card information or what has been more likely, they can encrypt everything on the system, mm. all of the records, and say, I'm not going to let you be a hospital until you write a check for a couple million dollars, like mm-hmm. $20 million, and then I'll un- unencrypt your hard drives. And this has been a Huge issue. Now, we have no idea what's going on with Prospect Medical Holdings. They operate 16 hospitals in California, Connecticut, and I think Pennsylvania, and they have, I think, Rhode Island as well. And um, they have a whole bunch of outpatient clinics and centers all over the country. Um, We don't know who hacked their system or got into their system or how people got into their system. Mm -hmm. But as of Thursday, their computers are basically down in these 16 hospitals and in 166 outpatient clinics to the point where they're basically saying, if you need surgery, you need to go someplace else or you are going to go to the emergency room. Don't come to ours because we're just not up and running. Now, I can't, we don't know why this happened, but very likely what happened is similar to what happened to Ireland back in 2021. I think this was May. Mm -hmm. I think it was um, where somebody had sent something to an employee. Mm -hmm. It was basically an Excel file and the Excel file had ransomware in it. They, somebody clicked on the file attached to an email message without checking it. Mm-hmm. And it infected that person's computer. And then for like two weeks, this ransomware sort of stayed quiet. 
and hid. Mm -hmm. And eventually infected almost all the computers on the network to the point where it it had pretty much locked down the system, and it was a huge system. This impacted pretty much all of Ireland, Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a massive issue. And part of it had to do with, if you go in and look at, at hospitals in particular, and this isn't just true for hospitals, but everybody, there are a lot of old computers out there. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, and, yep. and, 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 the, and the thing is, the old computers are there because the, the devices that they're connected to can't run on new computers. So when PricewaterhouseCoopers went back and looked at what happened in Ireland, they realized that you know they had tens of thousands of Windows 7 computers. Now, what does that mean in English? Microsoft stopped supporting Windows 7 back in 2020. A year later, all these people were trying to hack into the systems by taking advantage of unpatched Windows 7 systems right. because Windows 7 isn't being updated. Um, and... There were warning signs that this was coming. I mean, it, this has been a big thing. As of October of 2020, um, the Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, everybody's saying, Russians are, are coming. We know this is happening. We, we have spies who are telling us the Russians are going to start going after these networks, and you need to be aware of yeah. this. And start protecting yourself. The problem is, it's so difficult to to protect yourself against these these Russian ransomware groups. And the the scary part of it, the reason why this works, is almost sixty percent of the victims who are hit with ransomware pay the ransom. So yeah. it's a multi million dollar operation for Russia and less so North Korea. But uh, it's these Russian ransomware groups that are are targeting healthcare. They're also targeting businesses and universities mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well, because that's where the money is. For you and me, we're not going to be targets at this level, at a state level like this. But the reality is that there are some things that the hospital systems need to do, that businesses need to do. Um, and there's actually, again, um, full disclosure, I work on the school side of the School of Medicine. I don't work for the clinical side of the operation, so I'm not talking about my employer right now. I'm just talking about generically for health systems and for um, for businesses. If you've got a medium or large-sized business and you want to protect yourself, I've got a whole bunch of different things you can do. I, the way I would start, this isn't even a tip, but it's just something you need to do. Go to your insurance provider and try to get cyber insurance or cybersecurity insurance. Oh, really? This would be Hartford. This is Travelers. This is whoever. The reason why I say that is before they will even sell you a policy, they are going to do the most thorough investigation of your cybersecurity policies oh. and tell you what you need to fix. And trust me when I say the things you need to fix are going to be scary. You think you know what you're doing. The cybersecurity company is going to come in and say, you know, mm-hmm. before I sell you insurance, 
this is what you need to do, and you're going to be shocked at all the things you need to do. Okay, I'm going to raise my hand with a, a, a really dumb, dumb, dumb question. Yes. Johnny and I were talking about this off the air. Obviously, we're, we're small fish. Nobody's ever going to come after right. us. You know, having been at our house, yes, we have Wi-Fi. Yes, we yep. have many computers. None of the computers in our house are or will ever be networked. So my question is, I understand it would be a little bit of a problem to put the thumb drive in one computer, get the information, then take that down to uh, the fourth floor. But having said that, why couldn't hospitals, why couldn't other major organizations say, okay, we're not going to network the computers. We're going to, if you need something, we're going to physically get this individual thing and take it to the other it can location. It never happen in a hospital setting, though. It can't happen no. in that scale. And the, rea- the reality is, I came up with, sort of as we were planning for the show, I came up with eight things that that hospital systems need to do. And really, if you're a business, a medium or large size business, you need to think about doing. One is start from the top. Cybersecurity starts from the C-suite. It's about when you're going to be attacked, not if. Mm-hmm. And it has mm-hmm. to be built into the DNA of your organization that we are going to be a secure organization because our CEO says we are going to be a secure organization. It's not something we're going to do as an ancillary. It's got to be something built into our DNA of who we are. We are a secure organization. We're going to do do everything we need to do to make ourselves safe. The other thing is embed security everywhere. Mm. On every device connected to your network, has to have some sort of security involved in it. And at, at a hospital, it's very hard to do because some of, the, some of the devices that are connected to the network were never really designed to have security on it. Uh-huh. Some of the pumps and some of the monitors and some of the things like that, no one ever thought that, hey, somebody's going to try to hack this blood pressure monitor yeah. in, this, in this clinic room. And you really do need to do that. The other thing you need to do, and this kind of goes close to what you were talking about, Steve, the third thing, is you need to segment everything. What I mean by that is your network administrators need to have lots and lots of virtual local area networks. So in other words, if one area goes down or gets impacted, Mm -hmm. it doesn't fail over go and get someplace else. It's basically just this little node and just this little thing where it's just the CT scanners that are down or just the blood pressure monitors are down because they're on on their own virtual virtual local area networks and not everything connected together all under the same umbrella. Just standard networking. But 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 um, also, don't you it. need to tell the people who work for you, do not click on <laughs> emails from outside. And I'll give you an example. Yeah. We send emails to WGN from our private email. We don't send yeah. them uh, from the, the Nexstar servers. So there have been times when people at WGN haven't gotten an email from us because it went into their spam folder. We had to contact uh, Mary Boyle. 
uh, at WGN and say, Mary, did you get those emails we sent you? She said, oh, let me oop, here they are in my spam <laughs> folder, so I'm going to mark them that from now on anything from your account should come into me. But my point is, if more people would not open emails from outside, that would solve – and that's a, a very basic thing – but if people would stop doing that, that would solve a lot of this, wouldn't it? And I, I promise that Steve and I did not share notes before this. <laughs> the fourth thing I have on my list is train everybody who works in your organization in cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is not something that's done by the Office of Chief Information Security Officer. It's by everybody in the organization. And that includes knowing how to not respond to these attachments to email messages, how to how to recognize and report fishes, mm-hmm. and just get everybody trained. The other thing you've got to do on every system that you have that has any sort of authentication, whether it's username and password, you have to turn on multi-factor authentication. Yes. Multi-factor authentication. By the way, that's the first thing your cyber cybersecurity insurance company is going to require you to do before they even sell you an insurance policy is everything's going to have to multi-factor um, everything. We are talking computers. Yes, we are. And we're talking about a big story that broke on Thursday about, uh, yet again, a hospital, a very large hospital chain being held hostage. Uh, And we don't know where they stand today other than the fact that um, apparently they're using paper and pencil. And I heard one news report where they interviewed a doctor who said, I've never used paper and pencil, not all through med school, not through high school, never. This is insane. And as you said, Patrick, at the outset, um, their surgeries are being canceled. People are being turned away from ERs. And a listener sends a a text, uh, Gene, and says, so if you happen to be a patient at a hospital and it becomes news that it's been taken hostage, is it? important that you as the patient to go in and change all of your information so maybe you're kind of sort of protecting yourself if that's possible no you can certainly you can certainly be concerned about that but the reality is they're not concerned about you and what i mean by that is the hackers aren't the people are getting into this information not necessarily to download and steal all the records they went in just to put a padlock on all the files right? and to tell the hospital system, your files are locked and unless you write me a check for $20 million, you ain't going to be working as a, as a hospital anymore. Write the check. So if you paid and, your bill with your credit card, don't be concerned that they're yeah. out looking for all these credit cards at this point in time. That's not, yeah. yeah they, that's, and, and behind the scenes, the, the, the encryption for that is very, very good. The, the reality is that somebody, my guess is somebody, we won't, don't know this for a fact, but we'll find out in the, in the postmortem that somebody got an email and double-clicked on it, and it infected an old, old computer somewhere, mm-hmm. sat there dormant for a couple weeks, and then infected the entire network and locked down all the systems. And it's, you know, the FBI is looking into this. Obviously, Department of Homeland Security is looking into this. Health and Human Services are looking into this. But this is a common thing, and it really is Russia and Russian cybercrime that 
they're just they realize they can make millions of dollars with a pretty simple computer code. It was and pretty. It, it, the the story that yeah. you told though is pretty terrifying. The the hospital that's using a Windows Seven system, for example, and it's not even being supported. And Patrick, that reminded me of a story, and you may recall this on website Wednesday night. We had a listener who worked at a hospital who called and said, yeah. "We have changed our computers, but all of our old computers are in a dumpster outside." And uh, after our conversation, a one of the local investigative reporters went to that hospital and got a computer, and nothing was protected. They were just put in the dumpster, and nothing had been protected. And wasn't there? A, didn't that wind up as a story on Channel Two? I believe. Yes, it was because they said if this computer that we took out of the dumpster is unprotected, you got to believe they all are. So. I guess my point in bringing that up is, for a long time, there seems to have been this attitude of, you know, we're not vulnerable. We're untouchable. And, 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 and the, sadly... The warnings have been there for, since, yes. you know, for the last 13 years. At least. And, yes. and sadly, Patrick, uh, isn't that attitude of running rampant in Washington, too, uh, yeah. with with some of the people who really, really, really should be concerned with computer security that don't have a clue about what they should be doing. Yeah. And, and that's the reason why you really need to have a good office of the chief information security officer. You need a good cyber policy. Cyber policy. Basically, you go to one of the major insurance companies, say, hey, I want to buy insurance. Tell me what I need to do. They will come in and do a forensic audit of you. Don't be prepared. Don't be shocked if you don't have to you know, go through a lot of hoops to be able mm-hmm. to get it. But you're going to be safer on the other end. A year from now, they're going to come back and say, oh, you know, all those things you did last year. Here's another list of things you got to do. And we've yeah. got to do more. You know, do these. We're not going to give you insurance. And the thing is, it's actually a good thing because they're going to tell you stuff that based on their loss claims where, hey, we've seen this out in the world. Here's what you need to do to protect yourself. So getting cyber cyber insurance for a business really, really, really makes sense. And isn't this as simple or as complicated as we've gone from Windows 3.1 to Windows yep. 7 to Windows... The technology <laughs> advances. As the technology yes. advances, your security needs to advance. And I think we as patients or customers have to stop bellygaking with this two-step authentication. Oh, oh. no. I've got to go to my phone <laughs> and get a code. When your bank wants you to do that, you should be really happy. Yeah. Uh, right, Patrick? Yeah, multi-factor authentication is absolutely critical for security. In fact, I remember, I think it was 2016, and don't hold me on this one, but Google instituted multi-factor authentication on all of Mm -hmm. their corporate emails. I think it was 2016. And the amount of intrusions that they saw on their email system went to exactly zero. Hmm. No one was able to hack their system. Now, nowadays, it's a, there are still ways around multi-factor authentication. It's an extra extra hurdle you have to go through. But it is a much more security secure way, which is one of the reasons why I said that if you want to protect your business, you want to protect yourself as just a consumer, multi-factor everything. 
You you need to have multi-factor authentication. Not a big fan of having that thing where it sends you the text message to your cell phone that's pretty easily hacked. I'd much rather have something like Google Authenticator. But, again, if, if the only option is a text message to your phone, do that. Well, speaking um, of that... The other but, thing, if you're going to... Go ahead. Uh, speaking, Let me stay with Google for a second. Uh, I have been getting messages on Gmail where Gmail, the, the, a new version of Gmail, wants to do, and I, oh, yes. sadly, I don't have that specific message here, but we've been getting it at home it, just within the past week. Gmail wants to initiate some additional kind of protection. Yes. What do they call your, um, At the top of your account, it says, get additional protection against phishing. Turn on enhanced safe browsing to get additional protection against dangerous emails. And then it says, continue or no thanks. You so, click one or the other. So my question is, what is that and how does it work? It is a new feature that Google is rolling out. I really actually recommend Everybody turned it off. This is, they started this back in 2020, but it's one of those things where it, it forces Google and forces Gmail in this case to check the URL, check the downloads, check browser extensions. It, it's an extra level thing to say, Hey, is there anything here that smacks of being dangerous or phishing or malware. So you can't just have the software running on your computer do it. It's now built into Gmail, and mm-hmm. it's a really smart thing to do. So this enhanced safe browsing, when you see it pop up as an option in Gmail, turn it on. It's just an extra thing. Google is going to go one extra step just to make sure that before you go and click on something, it's going to sit there. You click on, you may accidentally click on something, and it's going to say, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute! This doesn't seem right yeah. to me. Stop! It's just an extra level of protection for you. Do it. Do In it, fact, do it. because you said that, because I've been looking at that square for a week and thinking, oh, I'm scared <laughs> to click on it. I just clicked no, on it, no. and it says that they offer, for example, in Chrome, they'll warn you if passwords are exposed in a data breach, yep. so you don't find out about it on the news. Um, improves security for you and everyone on the web. Keeps you safe and is used to improve your security in Google apps such as Chrome, Gmail, or Chat when you are signed in and sends URLs from Chrome and Google Apps to safe browsing to check them out. So I'm going to say turn yep. it on, and I just turned it Absolutely. on. Thank you, Patrick, cool. for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> By the way, be- before we get mm, back to okay. to Dr. Patrick Crispin, <clears throat> for those of you who heard a little bit of a phone thingy uh, when we were talking with Patrick, We've been getting some some pictures and some texts from uh, from another part of the Crispin family. Uh, pictures from Christine of the most important member of the Crispin family, <laughs> our grandson Joseph, who is buried under what, Patrick? A bunch of plushies of basically Pokemon. So of that's his new thing is he's. Yeah, we went to build a bear workshop today, and he built yet another. No, bear. <laughs> oh my gosh, 
So now he's he's there's going to be an avalanche of plushies in our apartment. Well, what I love about his his love of plushies is he wants to carry them all with him when he goes out. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, always. Yeah, there, there has to be some kind of carrying bag. Actually, he needs a rolling suitcase to carry them with him. Wow. When we were when we were coming to Chicago, we actually he he yeah. you know wanted to pack a couple days ahead of time. He opened up a suitcase put in all his plushies in the suitcase and said, I'm packed. Yep, yep. yep. And I, I had to ship back a bunch of his plushies because they wouldn't fit in his suitcase going home because he'd acquired even more the few weeks that he was here. That's a great picture, too, so you have to hug him for us because a listener said when you were being introduced, we neglected to say joseph's dad so yes that's true we're talking to dr patrick crispin and patrick joins us a couple times a month to talk technology whatever tech is in the news and talking about this latest uh, ransomware story a listener says um if the healthcare system uses only intranet wouldn't that be a safer way to do business intra as no. versus internet no no, and the reality is that while all the devices in are connected internally, you are going to have people who are going to be doctors, who are going to be nurses, who are going to be PAs, who are going to be technicians, who are going to have emails, and they're going to be connected to the rest of the world. There's going to have systems where they could take a thumb drive from one system to another. Yeah. Yes, there are ways to do that, and most most good healthcare systems either don't allow you to connect into a thumb drive or whatever but there are there there is no way to have something completely offline to be air gapped from the rest of the world and once there is one vulnerability just one somebody's going to find it mm-hmm. they're going to take advantage of it okay a listener says uh, since this has been been going on for a couple of decades is there anything that congress insert your own joke here can do to hold these <laughs> health systems accountable for their security measures and, and healthy human services is certainly a, a, a setting a, set, a, a certain number of standards most of the healthcare organizations out there are for profit, so the market hopefully will come in and and punish them for this. The other thing is when we talked about the cyber insurance, the cybersecurity insurance, most of the cyber insurance companies are now getting to the point where if you are not going to protect yourself, if you're not going to go and protect your valuable assets, they're not going to sell you an insurance. And what ends up happening is you're looking at hundreds of millions of dollars of loss. That shows up on the bottom line. Yep. Wall Street's going to notice this, and they're going to come for you. Mm-hmm. How about this one from an 815 area code? At my workplace, they are eliminating shared drives, and they're having everything go through MSN. And they want us to save everything to one drive. This seems risky yep. to me. Like, what happens if MSN has an issue? Good question. Well, I- and and the reality is that behind the scenes there are a lot of great uh, there is intrusion detection there's backups there's encryption there's patch management all of this is being taken care of on the back end by the cybersecurity team it actually by having everything run off of SharePoint or OneDrive 
it actually gives your organization much better control over security than if everything was stored on individual hard drives. It, it's a much more secure place for, for files to be stored. 847 area code says, this may be a basic question, but why couldn't hospitals, the hospital we're talking about that's been held captive, why couldn't they restore from a backup before the infection? <laughs> and chances are, we don't know this, and it, but the reality is this problem could have, could have been there for weeks or months. Oh. These cybersecurity or cyber crime groups will break into a system, plant their bomb, and leave it for months. Yeah. So mm. going for a backup, you need to know when the infection first mm-hmm. hit, because oh. worse comes to worse, you go and back up, you can just go and say, okay, I'm going to go back to two weeks ago, and if it's been there for six months, the Won't make any difference. people in Russia go... The people in Russia go, ha, 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 uh-huh. let me encrypt you again. And by the way, I'm going to increase the, pr- the prices. The other thing is, when you go to those backups, all the new data from the time of the backup is gone. So uh, there are ways around that. But you you lose weeks of data from mm-hmm. the time the backup was to today, and you can't have that when it's coming to patient records. Makes me want to go back to the old offices we used to go into where you would check in and the receptionist would have to pull out this wall of folders. Yes, yes. And, and here was your information. Well, we were at a, an eye doctor's office this past week, and I, I do this, and I will challenge them on it. Mm-hmm. They gave me a clipboard to fill out the paperwork, and it was four pages, and they tell me that we're going to input this into your you know, your file on, online. I understand that, but they asked me for my social security number, and nope. I never nope. put no, in. No, 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 I no. never put nope. that nope. down because that paper may very well go into a garbage can mm-hmm. someplace as opposed to being shredded. And plus, I don't need my social security number. As nope. simple as that. Nope. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> and they'll usually just scan it, scan it as electronic record, and yeah. the electronic record has optical character recognition, which then goes into the database, goes into Cerner or Epic, and. That's, you know, but yeah, you're right on that one. No, they don't use social security number. <laughs> well, since we last spoke to you, Twitter became X. In the final few <laughs> minutes that we have here, you, you have any insight into what the future of X is? Because it's the most ridiculous name I've ever heard, and I'm not the first to say that. It's just, it's just crazy. Elon's wanted to have an everything app for the longest time. The problem is he wants to have something that is going to be a combination of messaging plus social media plus payments plus everything. And he has destroyed any trust that anyone would have in the industry. Amen. Advertisers are fleeing. The, the news media is fleeing. And then you saw recently he's gone out and, and just taken over certain usernames that he wanted that have been being used by somebody else for 14, 15, 16 years. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's like, okay, would I trust my credit card with that company? Would I trust that company with my payments? Well, not. A- and add to it's that, so 
add to that some of the information that has just come out about uh, what's going on with Tesla. And, oh, those mileage ratings, well, maybe that oh. wasn't that accurate. And, and those, by the way, you want to complain about it? I'm sorry. We yeah, have a team have that a handles team. those things, and yeah. it goes no further and than they're them. they're going to shut you out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the, the, the next diesel gate was going to be this, and, and I'm... We'll see what happens. Again, Elon has a lot of fans who who support him. So let's see what see if there's yeah. any traction in 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 this whole thing. But I I'm I'm so disappointed in in Twitter yeah. slash X slash whatever it's going to be called. <laughs> and, really? and, and in the meantime, threads. in the meantime, I'm starting to enjoy Threads more, and I'm uh, spending more time on T2 also. Threads is great. I, I, for all the negative news about people abandoning it, which, by the way, you go look at the company that said that, that people are abandoning Threads. I'm not sure they're very trustworthy. Um, it, it's really, really good. The algorithm works. And yeah. If you follow the people that you really want to follow, that's the whole thing on the social media is you have to weed it out for the people you're looking for. Follow the people you want to follow. You can get some really good content there. And it's, yeah. it's not as toxic as X. Amen. If, if people want to follow you, how should they do it? I am Patrick Crispin on Instagram and on threads. I'm Crispin on all the other search, uh, social media sites. All right, Patrick. Thank you so much. Hug the family thank for you. us. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Have a good night. Oh, boy. Stick with us here. More coming up, so stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. And yes, we will be posting a list of all of the the bumps that we played uh, during the show on our blog. Uh, And I have to ask, because this was Julian's choice. Julian, who is that? What is that? So that is uh, Jim Cosgrove, also known as Mr. Stinky Feet. (laughs) He, uh, he does a lot of songs for kids, a lot of educational stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, according to what I'm reading from his website, he's logged more than 4,500 performances in 38 states and seven wow. countries. It's from Kansas City. And that is called The Pickle Song? The Pickle Song. By Jim Cosgrove. My life is complete. I'm okay. so happy. I who love any pickle that comes my way. I love the sound effects, too, of crunching a pickle. Yeah. <laughs> And look, I'm licking my lips because I cannot talk about pickles that I don't get that little sensation. And now people who've been with us for a while, they Mm -hmm. know that we usually try to use a a bump Mm -hmm. that ties in with what we're going to talk about. Oh, that's so, right. <laughs> so spl- you want to explain how this ties in with well, uh, actually, what we're going to talk about? I'm busy thinking about pickles. Um, there's a very serious story out of Lyle. And uh, if you live in Lyle, you may be familiar with this because this has come up in many council meetings. It's very, very controversial. And it's pickleball, mm-hmm. the sport of pickleball, which is, you know, I don't. I don't think I'm wrong if I say five years ago, pickleball wasn't a thing. Maybe a, two years ago, right? And I think we we first heard uh, Lauren Lapka and... Um, She's a fanatic. Oh, she, she loves pickleball. Uh, Kevin Powell. And Kevin Powell, that they were talking about it. Yes, I think he's also a player. Uh, Julian, are you a pickleball fan? You know, quite honestly, I 
I'd never heard of it until I started working here. Okay. Makes me feel better because that's how I felt too. Mm -hmm. We were doing a show and Lauren did a story because she's such a big fan. And I said, what? What? And then we found out that there was going to be an official Chicago pickleball team. Yeah. Well, the serious thing comes in out in Lyle. Apparently, there are pickleball courts that have been put in residential neighborhoods. And the folks who live there are not happy. And the way they described it, I saw one man describe it as constant gunfire, the the bopping of the, the ball on the paddle. Mm-hmm. And it's constant. I guess they started seven o'clock in the morning and they go till they can't see anymore you know yeah. nine ten o'clock at night it's constant constant mm-hmm. and they say it's a stressor and after a while you just want to scream i need some quiet uh scientists have said because this is a big deal out in laguna beach out in california it's also very controversial there where they just dropped a pickleball court into a residential mm-hmm. area uh they have determined that the Noise is equivalent to a very busy expressway. Mm-hmm. Now, it's hard to and imagine. And the fact that it would be constant, constant yes. for hours and hours right. and hours. Now, they have actually invented people who realize that this is going to become an even bigger problem and they might be outlawed in some communities. They've invented these silent paddles. They're not completely silent, but it softens the sound. I, I mean, this. I was stunned when I heard that this is. It could be the equivalent of a busy expressway. Well, speaking of that, I wonder if at some point they're going to start putting the kind of sound barriers around pickleball courts, courts? that I, that we've seen yeah. around various expressways to yeah. keep the sound from jumping over the barriers. In fact, if you live in Lyle and you live near one of these courts, if you play pickleball, I'm sure that you have experience the the stink eye from the folks who see you walking with your paddle from your car going to the court and they're going no go home i don't want to hear this anymore uh i in doing a little research found if you go to endnoise.com they actually have a petition going welcome to abbey wood park lyle it used to be a quiet place before the pickleball arrived pickleball is a great game but it's a noise problem it produces sound similar to your neighbor's roofing project and that is every day up to 12 hours a day please check out the video society has evolved and no one is denying harmful effects of nicotine or alcohol over time anymore few cigarettes or drinks does not kill you noise also does not kill you but it does harm to your health over time and that's an interesting comparison your neighbor's roofing project think of the noise you get from that and how it carries throughout your block your neighborhood well at this site endnoise.com pickleball players initially will disagree with me but the uh, interesting part is majority of players themselves would not want to live next to the courts so um, this site has posted videos of what it sounds like if you've ever wondered when people are complaining pickleball machine shoots a ball every few seconds not minutes, but seconds. It's on the other side of the court, more than 100 feet away. Noise is suitable for torture chambers, not for residential neighborhoods. Uh, it can actually be a torture tool. 
And oh, I believe that. that's true. Yeah. It's absolutely true. So they go on at this site, innoise.com. It says, please sign the request. Abbeywood neighbors need your help. We uh, support the simple requirement that pickleball should be at least 250 feet away from residences. I wonder if that's even enough, if it's going on for 12 hours a day. Uh, our dear neighbors, noise ordinances are very likely being violated at the park, is what they say. I'm talking from personal experience being opposed, being exposed to pickleball noise for a thousand plus hours. And do, do you think that down the road you would wind up having pickleball courts being only indoor, like bowling alleys or something like Possibly. that? So that, yeah. the, because think if you had the noise of a bowling ball, right? Bowling lanes. Remember, we don't call them alleys anymore. <laughs> Bowling alleys. Uh, but but again, if you're doing something like that yeah. inside a building, okay, that kind of solves the problem. Granted, there's more of a uh, an expense to doing that building, but mm. if the pickleball phenomenon is generating that much money, well, then put some money into yeah. it and keep everybody happy. And how would this differ from a tennis court? Again, I did not realize that a machine shoots a ball out every second. I mean, boom, boom, boom. So that's why uh, one person that I saw being interviewed on the subject said, you know, he's a resident of Lyle. He said, it's it's how I imagine constant gunfire would be. Yeah. I didn't know that sounds extreme, especially if you're a fan. You're saying, but if come you, on. But if you're hearing a repetitive note, again, go back to the to the – to the roof construction. Yeah. And that's a lot of noise. And I could imagine you get to a point. I know I do this with cicadas. I stand out in the backyard and say, shut up. I just want some quiet. Yeah, I. And, of course, they immediately listen. It, it really unnerves me. And I liken my reaction to the constant cicada sound in the evening, this time mm-hmm. of the year, sure. to what they must be experiencing. You just want, just give me a little bit of peace. That's all I want. Just and, something quiet, something soothing. And I have, I actually know people that say, oh, I like the sound of those cicadas, which kind of makes me crazy. Er, because and, and I'm one of those people that actually kind of likes it. Oh. But And it's, I don't know why. And I'm a very it could, toler- the, it could be the frequency. Freak, I, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, I'm a very tolerant person, but it does something to me that we, makes me think it's the frequency. We were listening the other night. We had some uh, uh, some quiet background music on. Yes, and there was something, some instrument. Th- it was just at a particular frequency where I had to mute it because it was starting to go right through my and head. You said, did you hear that? And I said, yeah, didn't that sound weird? Yeah. But it didn't affect me the way it was affecting you. There, there are just different frequencies yes. that can, can do that to you. We're going to take a break. More coming up. Stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That's Billie Eilish and uh, what was I made for? And, and that reminds me. Um, we will be posting, as we did last week, again this week, we'll be posting all the bumps that we use mm-hmm. in the show, and they'll be posted on our blog. If you would check it out, it's stevenjohnny.wordpress.com. So S-T-E-V-E-A-N-D-J-O-H-N-N-I-E dot wordpress.com. We'd really like it if you would subscribe to it. There's no cost. 
We do not sell you information. We do not spam you. The only thing you will get is an occasional email anytime we do a new blog post, like when we post the, the bumps, you'll get an email saying, mm-hmm. okay. They posted the bumps uh, that they used this week. And that was thanks to Donna, a listener, who said she was going to bed with a paper and pencil so she could jot down the music that we were using out of various segments. And she said, "I I can't keep up with it. And she suggested that we make the information available. We thought, you know, that's a darn good idea. And we always try to use a, a bump that ties in with something we're going to talk about. For example, Billie Eilish uh, at yes. Lollapalooza, and she did something very cool. I wasn't aware of this, and I love well, this. Well, let me back up and say I was so bummed. Uh, I rarely find myself saying, oh, I wish I had, fill in the blanks, Apple TV. Right. Or, you know, whatever the streaming service is, Hulu, for example. I wish I'd had Hulu on Thursday night because they streamed her concert from Lollapalooza. And I understand that the city looked absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Whoever was doing the camera work with the drone was taking some fabulous shots around I wonder the if city. you could still replay that. Probably so. We'll have to check yeah. that out. But, uh, you know, I was reading about uh, how well her show went over and how smart of them to book her for the opening night because that generated so much interest in in the four nights of Lollapalooza. Mm-hmm. But come to find out that in partnership with Reverb, Billie Eilish's concert was partially powered by a solar farm. That is so cool. She is a classic case of she is putting her money where her mouth is. She said, I am going to do something with my stature to combat climate change. And if it means my concerts, solar powered, will make a difference, I'm going to make that happen. And I have a a really dumb question I don't know the answer to, but I would think it would be possible. Could she have partnered with one of the... Uh, well, no, that would be a wind farm yeah. in Indiana. But I believe there are solar farms in Illinois, so they somehow managed to get the the power up to well, Grant Park. Actually, they have a temporary on-site, now think about this, an on-site solar farm that supplied a solar-powered, intelligent, zero-emission battery system, and it went. It, it worked like a charm. I mean, I there, love were, that. there were no glitches, no no problems. Uh, she said she wasn't concerned about it. She knew that the company that was behind this told her that this will work. And she said, well, then whatever it takes, we're going to make it happen. It's just one of many kind of ambitious initiatives to come out of what's called the Music Decarbonization Project. It's a campaign that she both helped launch and she's putting her money behind it. The project also falls in line with the Reverb's campaign to advance their climate solutions to directly eliminate carbon emissions created by the music industry. I think Harry Styles also did a concert that was mm-hmm. solar powered. I, that's, it, I love it. I, I do too because my mind doesn't even go there. I never would have thought of that. Basically, bringing in a solar farm and. You say, well, how much would that cost? Well, she said, again, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Mm -hmm. I am behind this, so I'm not only going to preach 
the importance of mm-hmm. this, but I'm going to I'm going to pay for it to make it happen. And again, how important is that right now, particularly as we just talked? Our part of Florida, real field temperature, 122. Yeah, we're in uncharted territory. So if if there are things like that that we can do, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, just when I think I, I, I'm just wild about her and we just got the new uh, soundtrack uh, from the Barbie movie mm-hmm. because that song is on it and we both think that song is just beautiful and love the way she performs it. But just when I think I couldn't love her anymore, I come up with this yeah. story that her concert was solar powered. Uh, Julian, do you have Hulu? Do you have the Hulu service? I do. You do? Did you know that her concert was going to be uh, streamed? I had no idea. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really follow her. But she- I don't think there's a lot of talk about it. On this station, I heard uh, Lisa talking about how she was going to the concert with her yeah. son, which I thought was very cool. Did you guys see pictures of her and her son at La? No, I, I was looking for I didn't yeah. see them yet. Uh, they are both holding their beer. Did you see the picture, Julian? No, not yet. They had a beer. It wasn't a gallon beer. It was just a can of beer. She said, we're holding $40. $20 (laughs) a beer. 20 That blows my mind. $20 a beer. Yeah. Yeah. She she had, uh, there was a cover on it, so I don't even know what kind Mm. it was. The, The price of food. For example, oh yes, I, I I was blown away. I was a bummed out when the Sox traded Jake Berger. Yes. B. Fascinated and blown away when the Marlins did this promotion with five dollar burgers. burgers. That's a special promotion. How much <laughs> is the burger before the? Don't you know? Didn't they say they were eighteen dollar burgers? They're $18 on a regular day, so this was a really big deal for them to lower the price to $5. Sp- speaking of that, what the heck was that? Uh, Jason and Stone were talking about it, and they showed some video of the two-foot-long burger. Where was this? Was this in Cleveland? It must have been Ohio, because it was just last week. It, it looked awful. It was literally a two-foot-long two two Burger. burger and that there's a particular Isn't it like $65 something like that there's a name for it that, that sounds delicious actually <laughs> it, i got gotcha. you and didn't they have what is it called you've got it julian the boomstick burger yes, yes the, boomstick. the boomstick that's exactly what it is and it is two feet long right correct and what else is on it uh so it this is in texas by the way oh, okay of that's course. right in arlington yeah. texas uh, thank yes. you of course uh, so it has. Hang, on, I'm scrolling through here. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's weird. I Google Boomstick Burger, nothing comes up. Uh, okay, so it has a hamburger, a messy blend of chili, nacho cheese, jalapenos, and onion rings. Ew! Onion chili, rings. nacho cheese, jalapeno mm. peppers, onion rings, burger, two foot long. Have the Alka-Seltzer on standby. Really? <laughs> Sing it. Yeah. 
And you know what's happening? This happens every Saturday night. Yeah. About one thirty, we start talking yeah, about food. We do. And then when we get home, we hear from people saying, thank you. I had to get up and eat cereal or I'm eating a bologna sandwich and I hadn't planned on eating in the middle of the night, but I am. And, and speaking of food, uh, we have a question for Gabe. So be, before we started the show, Johnny brought in some chocolate chip cookies because yesterday was national well actually friday was national chocolate chip cookie day to which gabe said no one told me i said that's why we're celebrating today saturday and uh, one of the questions i had uh, for everybody that was trying the cookies was could you tell that they were gluten-free no not at all now, do you do you, as a rule do you like a, a snappy a a crunchier cookie or are you more of the soft cookie school? Um, I, I do prefer soft cookies, but I can do crunchy as long as it's not like you know hurting my teeth because I've yes. had that yeah. too. But um, in all honesty, I don't think I've ever really tasted anything gluten free, so I wouldn't, wouldn't know the difference. But it, it tasted perfectly fine to me. And the good thing about a crunchy cookie is they're good dunkers. When you oh got a boy, cup, are they? You got a little bit of cold milk. You can dunk those oh, all yeah. day long. That was they, the only thing that was missing. <laughs> I know. Yep. I know. So next week, we're going to have to bring in some uh, some milk. We'll bring in cold milk, yes. Now, Gabe, you heard us talking about the boomstick, right? I did. Come to find out that the burger itself is Nolan Ryan size burger, which means it's the size of his baseball bat. Nice. <laughs> Which is even more terrifying. And I said it's $65. It's actually only $35. That's not too bad. But here's where it gets really weird. When you're in Texas, you have to buy it at the 24-inch stand. Which means everything... Everything sold there is, is 24 two, yes, inches. Is two, two foot long. Like the Now get a load of this. The brisket croissant. Sweet Baby Ray's... I love Sweet Baby Ray's. I do, too. Yeah. Oh, it is my favorite. Slices of brisket rolled between layers of croissant dough, baked and topped with a donut glaze. Ooh. Okay, no, I, no, they lost me. I that. would try no. this. No. Who wants sweet? I would try this. No. What do you say, Gabe? Thumbs up, thumbs down. You know what? I'd give it a shot. Not maybe. Not a big fan of the glaze part, but... No. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, Sweet Baby Ray's, that became my mm. favorite barbecue sauce. Yeah. Me too. Quite Absolutely. a long time ago, and I eventually made my wife a believer, too. Oh, at, hands down. And it's gluten-free. It is, and it's inexpensive, and it's great ingredients. And let me tell you, um, if you're ever interested in a, a great, super simple, you guys have a crock pot, Gabe? Uh, no, we don't. My wife is not a fan of crockpots. Oh, no, because I'm going to give you the best recipe in the world. Three pounds of boneless, skinless chicken breast mm-hmm. in a crockpot, well, about three quarters of a bottle of Sweet Baby Ray's, a tablespoon of brown sugar, a tablespoon of olive oil, and a little bit of Worcestershire sauce. And eight hours later, you stick a fork in there and you just twist that fork oh, and you have so you have like shredded Plus, during that eight hours... if you're awake and listening, please write this down. (laughs) Plus, during that eight hours, your kitchen is going to smell... I mean, the smell permeating the house is wonderful. It's so simple and so good. And it makes about ten hearty sandwiches with three pounds of chicken breast. It And, and I'm, I'm going to post that recipe because I think it is a greatest go-to recipe. you got a, a couple people coming over to the house. You get some coleslaw mm-hmm. going. You make a crock pot. And I'm not kidding. Crock you. pots are your friend. 
seriously, when it's done, you take a fork and stick it into a chicken breast and just turn your wrist and it just shreds. And now it's just soaking up all that sweet baby rays and the brown sugar. I am getting so hungry right now. Man, it's good. Other things at the 24-inch, how about the corn ribs? Ears of fresh corn on the cob split into ribs, then then topped with spicy lime cream. In is it tajin? T a j i n tajin. 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 So the j is what is tajin? It's a a seasoning, right, Gabe? Tajin. T a j i n. It's like a like a. I'm having a brain fart here. (laughs) Like like pepper. A spice. Yeah. Okay. Makes it lively. So you get 24 inches of corn made into corn ribs, and oh my gosh. I'm so hungry. I know. We've got to stop right now and take a break here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. And now you're wondering, okay, yeah. and how does this bump tie in with... Yeah. The name of the song was Don't Say Nothing Bad About My Baby. Mm-hmm. The group was The Cookies. <laughs> okay. See, I, I tie it all together. So sometimes uh, it's a, it's a securitous route. But, yeah. but again, speaking of cookies, because we've had some people ask about this, uh, if you want to go to our blog, you will see, uh, first of all, our blog is stevenjohnny.wordpress.com. Spell it out, S-T-E-V-E-A-N-D-J-O-H-N-N-I-E dot wordpress dot com. And if you go there... Uh, the first pers- uh, post you will see is a gluten-free diet update, and you will see a picture of Johnny's gluten-free uh, chocolate chip cookies. And I wish this was scratch and sniff because it just <laughs> looks so good. And we have some tips about some uh, gluten-free restaurants you might want to check out. And then below that, you will see uh, – a uh, link to our uh, podcast from last week's show. Also, back up, you can click on the WGN interview that I did with Steve mm-hmm. Alexander for his feature called The Business of Food. Mm-hmm. And he interviewed me on Thursday, and we talked about other gluten-free cookies that are out there. As I say, we've tried them, so we had an opinion. And uh, that's how this whole thing started with the recipe and it's all right there on the blog. And you will also see our uh, July 29th show bumps. And, and just scroll down. You'll find all kinds of things and all kinds of categories. We've been we've been doing this since uh, – when did we start? Let me take a quick look. We started this in May of 2010. Wow. Who knew? Yeah. Didn't it come about as a result of um, – the Yahoo group going away because we had an incredibly active, well-supported Yahoo group. We did, uh, and uh, we had been doing a blog at the radio station, mm-hmm. but then we decided to start our own blog. Well, I remember what happened was we heard from people saying, I don't want to do Facebook, and everyone even to this day doesn't do Facebook. I have friends that don't do Facebook. And that's one of the reasons that we do a blog. And, you know, whether it's uh, Twitter or X or whatever, social media marches to its own drummer, and sometimes they do some things that we're not crazy about, so that's why we set up our blog. We would love it if you would subscribe to it. Again, doesn't cost anything. We don't spam you. You just get an occasional email saying, hey, 
they did another blog post. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, again, if you do sign up for that and you're not on Facebook, you're not going to miss anything. Right. In fact, we try to even put some stuff over on the blog side that doesn't. Make oh, we it always on, try on to the make Facebook the blog page. stuff uh, but, a little more uh, unique. Thank you for. Uh, checking out the pictures that we posted on tonight's Facebook page because a lot of folks were loving the pictures that I took coming into work mm-hmm. tonight. And I was so excited because we were following a rainbow on our way into work. Mm-hmm. But if you want to see a picture of that rainbow that is jaw-dropping, you have to go to Barry Butler's page. And our buddy Barry Butler was out this evening. Yeah. He actually was in a vantage point where he saw where the rainbow started and where it ended. Cool. It is so beautiful. I mean, you see now why, if you need a picture of Chicago, people go to Barry. Yeah. And he's got a new book coming out, too, with his photographs of Chicago. He's got a a show that's continuing over at Navy Pier. Mm -hmm. If you get over there, you'll Uh see his work. The the lights are flicking. I I heard something, and it must be the Zamboni. It's the Zamboni. Yeah. Bob is starting up the Zamboni. <laughs> he fired. He the doesn't miss a flicking. Feet. He's going to get us out of here by two o'clock. Because so th- that means if you would like to be our last caller, it is last call time. So give us a call at three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. That number again is three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. And you can be our last caller and win some goodies from the prize list, uh, 312-981-7200. We'll get to our last call after this. Get out of You don't have to go home. Yeah, you, yeah, you really do. <laughs> but you can't stay here. No, you can't, so get no, out of here. you can't stay here. <laughs> so we're getting ready for our last call. and uh, I get to choose tonight. Yeah, but just before that, I want to yes. uh, respond to a... Uh, a text at three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred from six oh eight, and this person says, "Hey, Stephen Johnny," and they write it as if the first name is Stephen and the second name is Johnny. Do you guys post excerpts of the interviews on your show? I love the mm. interviews with the guy who talked about cell phone photography. Also, Patrick Christman was extremely interesting. Uh, love the guests you have on love the humor and the banter and the joy that you guys and your guests share with each other so take care Stephanie thank you very much it's a great question and the answer is yes yes Uh, and we will be posting podcasts of the show we do that after every single show Uh, it'll take a few hours Mm -hmm. but uh, we'll let you know either on our Facebook and or on our blog page so again our, our blog page is Steve and Johnny, S T E V E A N D J O H N N I E dot WordPress dot com, and uh, you will find links to our podcast. And let me thank Julian for going the extra mile to make that podcast available. People wake up on a Sunday and they go, "Oh, there it is! I fell asleep, but mm-hmm. look, I can listen to it now." And sometimes, if we fall asleep during the show, <laughs> we get to go back and listen to whatever we said. Uh, can I just quickly mention that tahin, T-A-J-I-N, I got to get me some. It's chili pepper, salt, and lime seasoning, and it's great on watermelon and jicama and mango. On watermelon? Um, yes. Because, hmm. you know, I have to have salt on watermelon. Yeah. Anywho, so I'm all over this chili pepper, salt, lime seasoning. I understood that. 
Oh, come on. No, I, I just want watermelon. I just want I, good watermelon. I, salt on grapefruit, salt on oranges, salt on mm, apples. Salt on salt. Makes them all taste so much better. Okay, this week you get to choose our I last like call. Jimmy Durant. I don't know. You going to say better. goodnight to Mrs. Calabash? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> it's that time. My wife has turned into Jimmy Durante. <laughs> okay, I get to pick the number. Yeah. I'm going with number five. Number five. Lucky number tonight. Okay, number five is uh, Stacy. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Stephen Johnny. Hi, Stacy in Algonquin. How are you tonight? Okay. <laughs> You sound like you mean it, too. I'm a, I'm a night bird. Oh, good, good. Um, been listening to the all-night show for a while? Well, actually, since you've been on. Good. That's exactly the way we wrote it, Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have planned for Sunday? Now that you're, you're, you've already started Sunday, what, what are your plans for the rest of the day? Well... I'm actually, I'm the one that my husband passed away 18 months ago. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We talked, didn't we? Yes, we did. Early. Right. Your first show. Yes. I was, you sent me the, the t-shirt. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the process. Everything's getting boxed up because I'm going to be moving. I don't know where yet. Oh, my. Are you going to try and stay in the Chicago area? Well, I'm in Algonquin, mm-hmm. and it's really, I'm so close to everything. I really hope the realtor that I have, I hope everything goes smoothly, and God puts me in the right place. But are are you looking uh, in Illinois, in the Midwest? Are you thinking of moving oh, no, far in, away? Or? Um, Algonquin, Illinois. Oh, you're going to stay? Okay. Oh, All right, so you're going right. to stay in the same city. So okay. are, you're you're downsizing? Is that what it is? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The house is too big, too many um, memories sure. and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, are you finding it difficult as you, because I'm sure you're doing what we are attempting to do, uh, kind of decluttering as you're packing, saying, you know, I don't really need oh, this. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, what I have donated so much like, to Goodwill, mm-hmm. the Paralyzed Veterans, AMVETS. Oh, good. Oh, my gosh. Just my whole life. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it, too. And I said to Steve the other day, I said, you know, we have uh, almost 40 years worth of accumulation in this house. And it's terrifying to me that if something were to happen to us, uh, we'll never rest in peace because whomever has to clean out that house will hate us. They will. I know, and I really, um, none of the neighbors really talk. Nobody ever comes over. Oh. I just have, like, you know, my helper at home twice a week, mm-hmm. and uh because I really can't drive anymore because I have diabetes, but I have my good days and bad days. It's just, I I just can't drive anymore. Well, I'm going to predict that where you move is going to be life-changing for you in a good way. You're going to make friends. I know. I can. Yeah. Well, Stephen Johnny, I talk to God all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I, I cry at the drop of a hat, and then sure. I stop. And yeah. but, but the important thing, 
Dr. Steve says the important thing is let, okay. l- let yourself go through this. Everybody grieves in a different way. There is no right way, no wrong way. Whatever works for you is the right thing for you. So just do that and let yourself feel as you need to feel. And, you know, this may sound hokey, but it was described this way to me after I lost my dad. And we're coming up on the two-year anniversary yeah. of that. And I still have terrible days, sure. terrible days. But I, I, a friend said, you know, grief is like a box, and you're the ball in that box. Mm-hmm. And you roll around, and sometimes you hit the side of the box, and it just it overwhelms you with with tears and 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 then sometimes you hit the side of the box and it reminds you of something good and happy yeah and that's what grief is it's just unpredictable you're just that ball rolling around in a box trying to get your grip on life well you know i just pray over everybody stacy's blessings no matter what i always pray every night that everybody should live and be well and be happy that's good i there's that's there's no downside to that stacy Johnny mentioned uh, her dad passing away, and uh, in Florida, we were getting rid of a lot of uh, Johnny's dad's things, and we found a friend of ours was a member of a church, and we donated some of the things to him, and there are people who, who didn't have clothes to go to clothes that now have some some good clothes so so look around and you'd be surprised in your own area what the the people that might be receptive for some of the things you need to and the good that you're the good that you're doing by donating it too it's good for you because you know you're purging you're just kind of you're lifting this burden off of yourself and at Bottom line is, when you move to this new place, you're going to have this clean slate to start with. But also, don't be, also don't be afraid to keep a few things that that yeah. really mean something to you. Don't feel you have to get rid of everything. No, you don't. Yeah. Some memories are really I worth know. keeping, so keep them. And sometimes, you know, Stacey, I've found that it could be really silly things because, you know, I, I look at my dad's manicure kit, and it's a little yeah. tiny, cost me nine ninety nine. I got it for him like 40 years ago, and he loved right. it. It was a stocking stuffer. There's no way I would ever get rid of that thing because it was really important to him, and so it's important I to know. me now. Well, it's a pleasure talking to you, and good luck to you. And you know what? Do us a favor and keep us posted on what happens when you make that big move because I have a good feeling for you. I really do. And hold on. Julian will get some information from you off the air. Wow, this has been a past... It has been. ...five hours. Oh, we yeah. should remind you that uh, coming up next week, we have Bozo. Yes. Yes, Bozo will be joining us on the show. Uh, Joey DeOrium. Joey has a great, great career to talk about, too, because he's a voiceover guy that you've probably heard many, many times Mm -hmm. on cartoons and commercials. But he was bozo. Yeah, he really was. Jim Peterick, Mm -hmm. the Ides of March, will be joining us. Uh, Our friend Aaron Bearden, those of you who were listening to us when we were down in Florida, heard Aaron. He is the owner of Instant Replay Sports Cars, so we'll talk about sports collectibles and things like that. But quickly, we want to thank the keeper of the big plug. That would be your Bob Fukuda for doing that, for keeping the big plug and fixing my headphones tonight. I do appreciate that because no running water on my headphones tonight. (laughs) Thanks to uh, Brett Jackson and Ron Brown and Gabe Salgado and uh, Julian, of course, the the guy who keeps us out of jail. And play some pretty cool music, too. So you've done good tonight, Julian. 
Come back next week, okay? <laughs> Will do. <laughs> All right, thanks. And we'll try and come back, too.